together. All right, so we got the rundown ready. Jaws, take Plat it away. Chat. Episode 141. Plat chat, episode uh, 141. Um, an American, a British man, and a Swedish man walk into a bar. It's very Sounds like the start of a bad joke. But um, it is. It's a very bad joke, so it's just us three today. Um, it's going to be a good time, though. Yes. Welcome, everybody. I'm hosting, finally, because Johnny's producing, and he needs multiple fucking arms to produce because he can't read, and he can't read uh, Kurt's document. I, I, am, I am having a terrible time of it right now, all right? And, and now I was, just, I, I was forced to produce. So I'll say this at the start of the episode. Okay. Kurt did a phenomenal job putting together a guide. It, it has everything. It's literally... I, if, if, I was, if I was able to, I could have run this show exactly like Kurt did it. He set everything up to a T, but I just couldn't. I, 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 I'm, I'm technologically like inept. I, I, didn't, I couldn't do it. I ran into like a bug and like the lower thirds wouldn't show. And there was some browser source HTML error or something. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And it was like 30 minutes before the show. And yeah, I was just an absolute mess. I... I I slept poorly. I was almost in a car accident yesterday. I'm just like freaking the fuck okay, out. Okay, so. run us through that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about car accident first. Let's talk about show. We did vitamin talk, would... now car accident. Yeah, yeah. so basically, you know, I got my license like a couple months ago. Not the most experienced driver by any means. I'm not the best driver. You know, I like being in my lane and just like driving my lane and not have to worry about everything else. But essentially, I was stuck at literally the worst the worst intersection in Los Angeles. And I was forced to take like uh, an unprotected left or something across a lane or something. And I sat at this fucking intersection for, I swear to God, like four and a half minutes. I got two people honking behind me because I'm not turning and doing this unprotected left. And so I freaked the fuck out. I tried to do something cheeky, didn't work out. P people start honking at me because I'm like driving into the lane where I was supposed to and like people behind me are honking and it's just a fucking nightmare and so uh, yeah I escaped because people have brakes luckily and they're good human people uh, but I am not and so I am just a bit shell-shocked from that it's it's an absolute mess here I am producing this scuffed episode of Plat Chat I I everything's great I love you Joss that's it Johnny's John, life got well you know that's fine Johnny no that's okay as long as you're safe that's the main thing I actually I didn't really almost have an accident but a woman in my parking lot ran a stop sign as i was about to turn as fucking she must have been 90 something i don't know she she might have been deaf maybe because i like screeched to a halt hit my fucking like boop, 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 you know a uh, little horn and uh she didn't she just didn't react at all and uh, just carried on through the stop sign so well, like her that was not yeah. you joss i made a mistake Whereas yeah, Johnny no, says no, that no, he was no, the villain Johnny, of his story. No, no. He was the villain. Everybody of his story. else was a, a mistake. You were fine. People to be fair, unprotected left turns are the worst type of left turn yeah. out there, and they suck. And doing in LA, I remember when ZP when we went up to for World Cup in 2019. Never get ZP had to do an unprotected left oh. turn, and we were like, uh, I can't remember where we were at, but it was like 30 minutes from like Monty's house or something like that, and like he was trying to left turn. It was clearly red. It was so red. And he just like left turned and like cut off like three, four people. And the light, like, you know, they had the cameras went like capturing his license oh, plate and shit, stuff. Really? Luckily, it was a wow. rental or unlucky, it was a rental, but he never got charged for like the tickets, supposedly. So I guess That's it. Good. But like he was 100% in the right away. And I thought I was going to die. I was so sick too. I was like sick as fuck being transported in a fugue state with ZP. And he was just like blatantly breaking every law literally I, every law on fun, traffic funnily road, enough so. i also have a zp driving story when i first moved to the state zp was staying over at the papega house um and we didn't have 
Was it fucking? Oh yeah, we didn't have water or like hot water, so we couldn't <laughs> run the from a seepy Do you remember that? To, we didn't have water. <laughs> no, 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 no. This it all links together. We didn't have water for a long time. Um, so like, luckily, I was flying out to like Washington and shit and getting showers in the fucking hotel rooms. But we didn't have a washer and dryer that was working because we didn't have hot water or like water. So um, ZP would like drive us to the laundromat, which was down the road. And it was me, Jake, Wyatt, Kurt, and me, uh, yeah, and me and ZP in the car. And ZP definitely pulled past a fucking red light, did exactly the same thing, didn't see the red light or something, and of the most offensive driver in the fucking world. And yeah, we almost hit two cars, and then everybody decided to walk home with their freshly clean washing instead of taking the car home with ZP. <laughs> Although I yeah. gambled, I flipped a fucking coin. I was like, fuck it, dude. I'm you not flipped walking back a my coin. What the, what I the flipped fuck's a coin. with you and flipping coins? I don't know. And then I took the car back with ZP. We didn't die. Everybody had to walk back with their washing. But yeah, moral of the story is ZP, maybe. Well, he's got new glasses now, so maybe uh, he can't see red lights. But yeah, yeah, maybe he can that's see another better funny, now. I don't know what his funny, uh, current ZP drive is. You guys is. actually made me feel better because in some way I, I feel like I'm not the only one. Even though it's just me and CP that make driving mistakes, I do feel like, you know, because I feel better. I'm not alone in making mistakes. No, well, see, but yours was a legitimate issue as well because unprotected left turns when it's like a crazy intersection suck ass which is always yeah. why if i have to do that i would rather just right turn and go to a different street than deal with an unprotected left but like that's different than like just clearly running red lights which is what zp did yeah. on his unprotected left turn fair enough he just he just totally mistimed the the turn so it was a fucking yeah. disaster I'm, I'm not worried about me in my story i'm just worried about the people who had to break you know like maybe what if someone was pregnant and they had to like emergency break or something and maybe i, I don't know i i what no, what, 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 what do you mean fucked up you are you fucked up but then everybody in la sucks at driving i, I everybody don't understand what the baby's gonna eject well, I don't understand. Like, what's what's the pregnant part? Are you think the baby's gonna eject like know, a jet, like or a fighter jet? I, I, I wanted to apologize. I wanted to like send flowers to them and be like, like I'm the sorry. like the cockpit opens and the the fucking seat shoots out and it's just like the baby. Like, I don't like I don't exactly know. Yeah, what something, you're going like that. With that. something like that. Yeah, okay, know. okay, all right. Johnny, Do don't worry. You're not in the wrong. You're not in the fucking wrong. Okay, okay. you're in the right. Everybody well, in LA well, sucks. But, okay. uh, driving. Yeah, so, we probably should talk about Overwatch. I guess at some point, right? Overwatch time. Yeah, so Boston Uprising came out with some news just like 20, 30 minutes ago or oh, something. Um, I'll show the tweet. Show the tweet. Yeah, show the tweet. Show the tweet. Show, show the tweet. There we go. It's crazy. Tweet show. It's before Overwatch. Um, uh, podcast, sorry. Hot chat podcast. Jesus Christ, what am I saying? It was before the podcast, which is normally uh, <laughs> something that doesn't happen. Normally it's after. But uh, yeah, Laurie gets let go from the Boston Uprising. And I think it, Laurie's been in... Um, We've been talking about Laurie for the last couple of weeks and like Boston Uprising shift to like uh, Mag, is that a punk? And yeah, this seems like a little bit of a surprise. Did is anyone see the Crimzo tweets? Did anyone see the Crimzo tweets? No. He, was, he, he had the gifts of him getting out of jail. Like, <laughs> I think, I, I yeah, and then all the people memeing about punk winning, you know, like I, I do think if we had Custa here right now, this would be an immediate Custa rant. Yeah. This would be an immediate Custa rant. So I'll do it for him. Okay. I'll do it for him. This is yet another case of, and this is not, it's not malicious necessarily. It's just a comfort thing, I think, for many coaches. There's another case of all the Western players felt like they were hard benched by the Korean players because they wanted, because the head coach wanted a Korean roster. And I think all the Boston players were probably very, like, Crimson and Punk were probably frustrated with that. And now that they're gone, they're feeling like freedom's about to occur. But what does this actually mean for the team? 
Like, who knows? Because, I mean, I'll say, though, regardless of the topic, Lori, he had a lot of hype coming in for contenders. I don't think at any point he ever showed that contenders coaching chops in Overwatch League while he was with Boston, ever. I don't think he ever lived up to, like, what people were expecting of him, other than the ability to, like, bring many of those Korean players he coached to Boston. Anyone disagree with that? No, I mean, you're right. I, I want to say that, like... I, part of me wants to say that, like, with Lori, they, they, they had, like, an identity of not, like, making too many mistakes, of, like, trying to play smart and, like, trying to put it together. But I'm like, they never fucking achieved anything. So, like, what, what does that matter? Like, well, what, what's their identity? I can't tell you, like, what they were. They were just, they like, lost. a solid team <laughs> they, that they they didn't really achieve anything. Like, that doesn't mean anything, you know? So, at the end of the day, like, if you don't get the results, like... It, it, it's not good enough so and it was beyond not getting results too right johnny they were bad they were like bad for large portions of his tenure too yeah yeah i mean they they were i i feel like the boston uprising definitely haven't achieved as much as they wanted to this season i mean they're five and twelve which is like you know, Costa, Costa was really hard on the Boston Uprising going into it with the preseason power rankings, right? I had some kind of belief. I thought they'd be more like the Florida Mayhem, like 7 and 9, you know? I didn't think they'd be 5 and 12. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of an underachievement. We know the Boston Uprising. I think that, you know, they've made a lot of moves this year. Like, if you just look at all the, like, transfers and, like, roster yes. moves and, like, they have really tried... To, to they have really tried to improve in some kind of way so i i'll always appreciate a, a franchise like trying to bring about change and trying to improve in that kind of way they just haven't had the results so i i guess it sort of was time for lawyer to go i going back to like this stage though i'm like yeah hindsight is 2020 would, would they have been much better with punk instead of mag in the lineup how, how good would crimso have been if he was in instead of uh mcd or like whatever you know like i i feel like it's a bit of a high standard 2020 like i don't know how much better they'd be with the western players in their roster so i can't really blame them for you know it sounds sensical in a way to bring about an all-korean five-man roster right whatever team synergy kind of meta as well so i know it's very funny to just look at the the punk win-loss numbers and be like punk should be in the lineup because this but at the same time i don't feel like i can truly blame them um for like trying it out this stage in this particular manner. I mean, the team has just had no success. What since like 2018, 20? I mean, they've had moments I guess. of success they've here and there. I think small moments. Yeah, I'm looking at their like. Yeah, they haven't really had any moments. Uh, but they haven't. They've, no, they've they've really... had moments where they've looked okay. Sure. Okay, they got play-ins. Uh, what last year? But um, other than that, it's like nothing. I I, and Laurie's been on the scene since when? 2020. 2020 well, so like 2020 years. yeah okay so, right here yeah 2020 so yeah. the end of 2020 so um it's that he was there for the 2021 season and the 2022 season then and it's just the they made the tournament a couple of times but the amount of changes in the roster you'd think that they'd find a little bit more like how is how are they just so consistently ninth tenth that kind of placing when they've had so many different players move through their roster either onto other teams or like just leave and then go to nothing or like fucking retire it just doesn't make sense to me at all so or bring play or bring uh cup players i think also the other thing too is that there's not even an argument to necessarily be made that they had like poor players the whole time for this run either 
because Lori yeah, brought over nice. players like like Valentine and stuff like that. They had Faith, who's been honestly even on a poorly performing Boston Uprising, like still has always looked pretty decent. Yeah. Like they got Punk, who's had like an overall pretty decent career from what we've been able from the scene, and like has looked pretty solid. Like they got Crimzo from like a decently performing Houston Outlaws, but they got benched. Like they they've had they they managed to get Striker back somehow. Yeah, and then, and for like and then he left. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. he left. They barely played. Um, and then they got Mag, who's also like obviously I wouldn't say his stocks have been as high, but like they haven't been working. Like this is not like a Paris Eternal to your roster in terms of like what they've been working with. You know, it just hasn't been. Um, no, but, so, okay, but let, let me ask you that then. Like, looking at their roster, like, where do you, like, what should their results be for you to be like, oh, this is a roster that is, like, performing to, like, what I expect them to? Because I look at this roster and I'm like, yeah, there's some good pieces here, but, like, you, you actually have to be a pretty good team to be competitive these days. Just looking at, like, the middle-of-the-pack team in the Western region, sure. just, like, Florida Mayhem, they stand out because, you know, they have a great coaching staff and I really think, like, they're playing ab ab above their kind of level. Um, but, like, Toronto Defiant, like, can you realistically compete with Toronto Defiant? The money they're pumping in, Lono Spitfire has had amazing coaching this year. Washington Justice, like, Boston Uprising to compete with those teams. I still feel like it's a difficult task. I wouldn't just, looking at their roster, I wouldn't... Well, I mean, they're pretty much just, they're teams. competing with the Spitfire tier of teams. Like, teams that, and, like... They're definitely fighting for that ro that tier of like the Spitfire, like Mayhem, like etc. Like those people that are on the edge of like plans often, you know, that like can make tournaments, like the lower end. Like they're fighting. I would say their roster strength on paper is like because especially with like the coaching pedigree that Lori had coming to contenders, right? Coming out of contenders, where people thought like, oh, Lori's a great coach. Like Lori's gonna help bring this team up. They should have been aiming pretty consistently for like a seventh, eighth spot in North America, you know. Yeah, I to caveat that though, looking at their schedule over the last two qualifiers. So if you look at Summer Showdown, Boss Not Rising, they played Atlanta in week one and they won. They played London, they lost, which London looking like a pretty good team. Played Shock, they lost. Played Dallas, they lost. Played Toronto, they lost. Like these are really good teams. They're going to play Vancouver next, which is uh, this weekend upcoming. And then you go to Midseason Madness, they, which the tournament they didn't make either. They also had a quite a tough schedule again. Atlanta Rain, Shock, then they beat Paris. Then they had Florida Mayhem, which was a close map five. I'd expect Boston to win that, though. And then they also had a close game versus the Houston Outlaws. Like Their strength of schedule going over the last two tournaments has been actually really hard considering they've had to play Shock twice, dude. Like Atlanta Rain. Like, I don't know. There's... Yeah, I mean, they could realistically like have an opportunity to get four wins of their remaining matches. Like, I'm not saying they're going to win them, especially the current form where they're like pretty bad. But like Vancouver Titans, Florida Mayhem, New York Excelsior, Paris Eternal, these are teams they should be competing with. And like, yeah. you know, realistically go like three and one. Um, against teams of that caliber. So I think if you actually look at like their season so far, I think if they qualify for play-ins, that's like mission accomplished. We know, I know you want to achieve more. I know you guys want to like directly qualify for playoffs. Like, of course, everyone wants to win. But like realistically, looking at their roster, they need to qualify for play-ins and they need to be at least be competitive and almost make it to playoffs. But if they miss the play-in, stats from like, yo, something's seriously fucked up. Something's wrong. wrong. Like, they should... Boss not rising with the roster they have, they should be making play. Yeah. They should be. So... I agree. Yeah.
So what, and also we have to, I think when we contextualize the conversation about Boston too, like what is Boston going to be moving forward? Because technically this is still Huck's Boston, essentially, that's, that's being true. reformed. Huck got released recently. The president of gaming was impeached, sent out of office, <laughs> and you know the gaming secret service, I don't know if they followed him as well. And now they've been slowly, Lori was part of that initial like Huck, like that Huck mineral uh regime you know regime sounds a little dictatory but like it's still like that's a different era of boston and now like minerals fully in charge and now they promoted ask off the head coach with Lori departing like what's even boston's direction moving forward right like what like what what do they hope to do i feel like at this at this stage of the year you're not hoping for much more other than hoping you have a decentish end of year and filling out and figuring out like what you can do with your roster that you have Okay, Correct. so like, uh, yeah, let, let's play that game then. Like, how would you, how would you like, wh where would you go with this Boston Uprising team moving forward? So like, looking at the roster right now, they picked up Seeker, which turn of age, of course, Canadian damage player. They have Crimson, they have Punk, and then they have like six Korean players, including Itzal is on a two-way contract. Jeez, but like, Seeker. where do you go with this one? Because I'll, I'll say this. With Paris Eternal becoming like Las Vegas Eternal as well next year, allegedly by their own Twitter. So I guess it's not a rumor. Um, they are going to pick up or like focus on getting some North American talent themselves. And then you have teams already like ha that have picked up all these North American talents, like Speedily for Atlanta Rain, um, you know, Kalush, San Francisco Shock, Reiner, etc. Like, so maybe like most of the Overwatch League caliber talent is already like been picked up from North American contenders. And then like, do, do you actually look towards Korean contenders? Do you think there's more talent there? Like, how do you rebuild this franchise with like a sensible direction of like acquiring talent? Because I guess I'm a little bit worried of like, I don't know where the actual like tier two talent is. And like to, 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 to be able to pick up enough Overwatch League player caliber players to be able to compete with some of these other teams. Like, where is the talent? How should you try to rebuild this team? Well, you can go one of two ways, right? I mean, they have half... Well, they can run a full Korean team, which we've seen. And then they also have, like, half of a Western team, too. It depends. Um, I think letting go some of the Korean players might be a bad idea. Like, the Valentine also has been looking pretty decent, I would say. And not Valentine. Who the fuck am I thinking of? Victoria. Victoria, no, yeah, no, I'm thinking Valentine. I'm thinking Valentine. Valentine's been looking pretty decent. It's, it's kind of his meta though with the with the Genji. But I would like Seeker to maybe come in and play. He's been a player that's been around for a long time in uh, in tier two. And honestly, as soon as you get back to like an Ana meta as well, I think the team is probably just going to shift all to, uh, towards like a half Korean, half um, half Western roster. I think they have the pieces already. Honestly, Johnny, I don't think they need to pick up anybody or yeah, like think, shift anybody around. Right. I don't know. I think this is if anybody else like... kind of thinks the same thing. But it seems like as soon as you hit like an Ana meta. Crimzo's gonna fucking collapse like he always does. I think maybe I don't know what Askoff's gonna do, but I would love to see the comparison between Askoff, uh, no, sorry, Punk and Mag, because Mag's been doing pretty decently, but like I thought Punk's Junker Queen was very good. Even in their like games against the Shark and shit like that, it, it wasn't bad at all. It, it did show up. And I think that's maybe where they want to shift towards um, without Laurie being a, a, in the head coach position because I we talked about this before where we were like okay who's gonna play and then we kind of all said like oh they probably might just go full Korean here and just put Mag in now they've picked him up because it was a bit of a weird pickup um, at this stage in the game yeah there I mean it's, it's probably it also depends on like what it's really like 
what their coaching staff they keep too. Because like, like if Askoff stays, I can imagine they maybe still keep a mixed roster environment, but perhaps they like stick more with like with their Western focus. Seeker just I think turned eighteen. Yeah, so we could see yeah. like some of Seeker getting played a bit. Um, so it's kind of it's it's really up in the air. I mean, I would I I kind of agree with your point, Johnny, that like I feel like contenders has been picked clean of like the current. It's not to say that the talent isn't there that they can't eventually get there, right? Because like they play at the overwatching level, but of the existing talent in contenders, I wouldn't really argue that any of them are going to come in and immediately pop off, right? Like I think there's going to be talented players there, but they need to grow, which is fine because I think a lot of times we think of rosters a little too immediate, um, which like sure there's lots of players that can immediately enter overwatch league and be great like aka like speedily right um but it's not the case for like every player and it doesn't mean those players are bad it just means they need some time to grow and uh maybe that's where boston goes moving forward i mean i also don't even think that mag was necessarily like i think that mag had a worse individual performance but i'm gonna be real i don't think boston would have won any of these games this week even with punk yeah that's um, how i feel yeah so, yeah like i said the schedule is pretty tough like that the schedule's hard really and tough. also when you look at their overall performance like i guess it depends on how much of a influence punk is on those comms right like maybe punk would have like changed up their comms structure a bit but also like valentine victoria like you know they had some okay moments and they had some bad moments and like they you need the really consistent dps performance i think to also get uh, along with team coordination to get a lot of value in this meta and like their overall roster just wasn't built to beat some of the teams they were playing regardless of mag or not um but i do think punk was probably was definitely the better overall jungle queen player so yeah I i'm thinking i'm hoping boston goes for a route where they choose to utilize some of the north american talent still and just try to build them and then hopefully get some key korean like imports and keep that mixed roster vibe because i think it's a very cool vibe they're going for it's just clearly they haven't been managed very well um at times in terms of like their coaching structure and like how they're building the roster and like the expectations yeah no i i, I definitely think they have the talent I, I i think this i think this honestly like is a good roster that with good coaching could you know actually be competitive in some stages and some metas so um yeah, I'm interested to see what they where they go in like the coaching direction, like going next. You know, I could obviously just like Askov becomes a new head coach for like the rest of the year. In the announcement, they said that Askov is a new. Yeah, he is the head coach, yeah, and I doubt they'll make state. a big change this late in the year, yeah. like adding another coach, right? No, like, it just probably, so, and Askov's been with them for a long time, so I bet they just try to let him build like just run the roster for this year. And yeah. See what happens. Maybe so next. from what I've heard, like the the management uh was pretty strict inside like pr pretty disciplined so to speak um and so if, if that was a problem um for the team in like substitutions and like assigning roles um and even like making you know i this is me speculating by the way but like you know if the if the players felt like they were maybe like created creatively limited to a very like strict kind of uh environment or um because you know you have some players in the league who just like they, they they just like they just like honestly just like dive in they just dive in and kind of like <laughs> suicide because they have that they 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 don't feel as like restricted to sit back and like play with their team not as passive um like they're they're willing to take risks is what i'm trying to say like some players are willing to take risks and sometimes it pays off sometimes it doesn't i feel like boston uprising in most cases were a team that like tried to shy away from risks or like doing very like erratic kind of plays or like spontaneous kind of actions um so you know you you, you need your players to kind of like be creatively encouraged to um 
be able to play the game their way, um, feel like they have input within the team, um, not block out all the Western players, be like, hey, we're just going to run the Koreans. Sorry, guys. Because like that, that's a very like demotivating kind of way to be part of a team, right? So I, I hope Askov can sort of like bring this team together and like almost like like Unter said with the LA Gladys, like, hey, we're just trying to like have fun, you know? Like we're trying to teach yeah. these guys like Kevster and stuff to just like have fun with the game and have fun in this team environment and really enjoy like pursuing winning overwatch and i i hope i hope the case is similar for the boston uprising um for like the remainder of the year like i i hope you know the team comes together it's like a mix of western they're on the team and a mix of korean players and like hey what do you guys want to try like maybe we'll do some wonky strategy uh because i think it's pretty obvious that so far they've been pretty strict in terms of the compositions we're going to substitute out these players on these maps we're going to sub in these players on this map because of that um and I'm like, no, like, just get 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 a bit loose. Maybe that takes some pressure off the players, and maybe that like makes for a better team environment. It makes the player feel more comfortable um, in, in their own play. So I I think that could do a lot of uh, I think they could do a lot of good for some of these players. Just like imagining like the team environment and the situation they've been in. Um, I, I'd like to take some of that pressure off and just like let them have fun um, moving forward for the rest of the year. And maybe they'll make them pop off a little. So that's that's my psychological rant of the day. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's a good one. And um, you you kind of touched on it there, Johnny, about how it's kind of demoralizing and demotivating if they're going to go, okay, we should only run Korean players because we're at a stage. It's, we're not going to be in this stage for long, but the players that aren't playing actively in scrims can't play the game outside of playing Overwatch 1 and playing Overwatch 1 ranked. Yeah, so uh, imagine which, you're, like, a lot of, you're like told, a like, lot of players we're just playing do. Koreans. You but can't yeah, practice. It's, you're not part of strategy, anything. It's tough. Like a lot of players and like, you see, I see like small little videos and snippets every time, uh, every day even of like, especially on like the Korean servers and stuff, like all the pros like still playing and ranked uh, uh, except like rank one status, uh, a lot of them at this point. And it's not really the same over here where like the ranked experience, from my experience at least, is pretty rough at the moment. Um, and yeah, so it's an extra level of like demoralization, but that won't be... For long obviously i watched it was uh, just around the corner um right speaking of crazy things on the timeline bring it up johnny have you got it wait you, you might have it, you might not i don't know i don't have the topic list in front of me that's fine london spitfire and rain beefing on the timeline oh social media managers going at each other other players stepping in smacking uh smacking people around um yeah so london spitfire and rain if anybody didn't see had a little altercation on the timeline it looked um it was quite funny. It was quite funny. It's good to see like banter backwards and forwards, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to link you, Johnny? Well, are you good? You good? Yeah, find the link. I mean, wait, wait, do wait, you want to? The people are pissed about it because of the controversy behind the vitriol of the tweets, right? Yeah. There, there, there really is no controversy except if you think they're too being too hateful. If the London Spitfire people are being too dogged in their attempts to. Uh, funny joke because their tweet that people didn't like included a dog. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that's like the real conversation. This is like gonna. I feel like this is more of a filler bit, right? We should just like we should talk for like ten minutes because I feel like Boston drug on for a bit and then like move on from here. But I just wanted to include this because I thought it was funny. Is like what what's the what's the barometer? Was this too far? Was it too far? You know, I don't think it was personally. I thought it was. I thought it was perfectly fine, added some spice, and I don't think anything was like, I feel like yeah, it was just it, people getting it twisted. 
know? It, it was, I definitely feel like it was people getting it twisted. Um, and London replied to their own tweet saying, um, also, I don't know where people, anyone's coming with the attack and personal appearance thing. Like, people have used, like, dog player as in to describe, like, bad players for, like, a long time. And I don't see how it was kind of directed as, like, All a right. personal attack. Okay. Do you have the... I think it was... Yeah, I have the tweet up. I think it was a okay. shitty tweet from Alonso Spitfire because maybe I'm kind stupid of yeah. or, like, I didn't get it at first. I so like the, the tweet obviously was happy like national dog day and I, what i'm assuming what they meant by that tweet was like oh your players are bad you yeah know? they're like, dog just shit, joking dog water, like whatever yeah but dog water I, whatever I like I was like, kind of is there a like, dog in this picture? What's with the exactly. like i didn't and i think that's where people went like awry johnny they kind of were in your shoes what does this mean? Are they saying they look like dogs or are they saying they got that dog in them or are they saying they're like dog water, kind of like they're bad kind of deal? And I think that's where it kind of got misconstrued and it just kind of spiraled out of control from there. Yeah. What, what do you think of yeah. us as an observer of this drama? I mean, I already said my piece. I thought it was like overblown. I do say, I will say it is, I think London Spitfire are clearly trying to push the beef with the rain. But, yeah. like, it gets you clicks, and the Rain players clearly get fucking pissed every time they make a tweet about them instead of just, like, laughing it off. Like, guys, you're all getting paid probably, like, triple what the Spitfire guys have played. What do you even care? Like, what do you even care what they say on social media? Every single person on the Spitfire is or on the Rain is probably making, like, triple the London player salaries. Like, if, if, if I was getting made fun of on Twitter while my team is still, like, doing pretty, pretty decently, you know, overall, and I get paid more, I would just be like... Okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh into my money now. Yeah. You know, like, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think people are just way too sensitive about this shit. Like, it's just people teams beef. I don't think they cross like, the line at all. Like in any way. So I think the the last thing we'll kind of make on it before we uh, talk about it before we uh, end up moving on is this was I think this is a discussion that we had quite a while ago. Maybe it was even last year about personalities of players and teams and stuff like not really being there and like oh we want more bm but then when bm happens like there's a okay a, okay there's a group of people that doesn't like that kind of thing and like go on johnny go on so go on. i would be completely for this london spitfire atlanta rain drama what have you especially following you know it's not coming home the masa incident you know when he stepped off the point Lona Spitfire. They were oh, yeah. they were dog last year, if anything. Um, but I I just feel like this quote unquote rivalry has just been like the Lono Spitfire social media manager versus the Atlanta Rain, and that just yes. it just that sure. personally that just doesn't that do, doesn't doesn't make you know doesn't make me you know excited about this drama or anything because it, it it doesn't. Because I, I don't think, like, when I'm watching this match, I don't think, like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see what Hadi is going to write in, like, match chat or, like, how Sparker feels about how he diffed Kai or, like, something like that. No, I'm just, like, what the fuck is Elona Spitfire social media manager going to tweet at the Atlanta Rain? And are people on competitive Overwatch just going to, like, have a laugh about it? And, like, that's not a rivalry to me. That's just, like, engagement farming. Like... Am I, am I in the wrong here? I, I feel like when we say that we want no. these rivalries, when we want these, you know, when it we has want to originate to to banter and stuff. Yeah, yeah. between the players, sure. between the teams. But as far as I know, the entire like drama between these two teams that stemmed from the beginning of the season, it, the Lono Spitfire management and coaching and everything, they came out and was like, this was like a scheduling scrim mistake, you know? 
And so they like cleared it up. They were like, hey, don't be upset at Adrienne. Don't be upset at Lone Spitfire. Like it was a mistake, whatever. So they almost like cleared themselves of the drama. And then they haven't taken part of any of the drama. And it's just been the Lone Spitfire social media manager like bagging on the Atlanta Rain. So I don't, I don't really feel like, I, I just feel like it's unnecessary. Like if, if the Lone Spitfire players and staff, like all chat want to go, you know, banter, like I'm all for it. You know, that's going to be a lot of fun. But you just it's like, it like needs this, to originate. Yeah, I don't know. It needs to originate in match chat between the players or whatever. Like, I'll tell you who's very good at doing that, Hunter. Yeah, a lot of the time on broadcast, you can't see what's in match chat or like sometimes it disappears too quickly or whatever. But like, wait, dude, seeing the glads after a win or like whatever or after some types BM is always fucking glad. Hunter, you know, Hunter's on the good. fucking keyboard. That's good it. It's funny as fuck. Also... No, that is good. Yeah, it's grass fed, organic, like banter BM uh in the fucking server yeah and also because teams like the other teams you know they're almost like affected by it so for example when the toronto defiant they beat the la gladiators and i think it was aldo in the interview after it's just like bye bye the la gladiators or something yeah like that, that. Sure was so and funny. they said like we didn't want to get beat by the la gladiators because they always like talk trash in the match chat like that's fucking great i love that toronto defiant yeah. they their motivation to not lose to the glads was because they didn't want to get trash talked in match chat that's fucking amazing, all right? Oh, and the Twilight tweet as well, the haircut tweet. Exactly. I booked an appointment at the salon. That's yeah, I great. A Love that. All right, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on this, but uh, we'll continue to talk about the rain. Of course, if you didn't watch the games over the last week or last weekend, Speedly was playing because he just turned eighteen. Plus Vigilante, who came from the Washington Justice. Um, how do you feel Speedly performed in the games? I think he popped it's off. Oh, that guy, I think, I think Speedily owned. I think he started off kind of slow in his first match. Like he was good, but he wasn't incredible. I think as it went on, like I was noticing that that guy farms blades. That Dude. guy farms blades hella fucking fast. Like it is insane how strong. It, like I, I, I don't know if it's really. I'm not gonna compare him to like any of the Genji goats yet currently. No, watching because of all their time. But like his neutral game is really, really good on the Genji, which is like really important in this meta. And how you're following up with your team damage, which I felt like helped Rain a lot, was like he was much more consistently. I think just his overall mechanics and the level of his dashes and like just putting himself in positions to get ult was insanely good. Just like amazingly good. And on top of that, he looks like he's ready to file my taxes. Like he's like, he didn't even go through an awkward teenager stage and growing up, he's like 18 and he looks like he's like 30. Like this man, he's a man. Like speed, I just noticed that immediately. It's like, cause I remember I was 18, I feel like I was a dorky looking dweeb like still in my gaggly phase and speedo was like damn this guy's like grown up <laughs> this dude is like grown he's got more hair on his chest than all three of us put together i think sorry Joel, i'm producing you talk that's <laughs> that's fine that's good no i think yeah i think speedily i agree with you connor i think he started off kind of slow there were definitely times where like he would dash in and it felt like a very it kind of reminded me the way some contenders players play in contenders and then they move up to the league it's like okay i'm just gonna big dick literally everybody and then you're like holy fuck okay these they're very good at peeling they're very good at kiting like this is a whole new level of uh kind of overwatch play and there was a few times at the very beginning where he was going in and just dying randomly i'm like holy shit that was like hyper aggressive uh compared to the team you're like playing against but then yeah. as he kind of found his groove and like found out how much he could push the boundaries of like his aggression and like you mentioned Connor, his like neutral game it felt like he's ramping up and i think over the next few weeks where and it rained to the tournament like holy fuck rain in a playoff scenario plus speedily like finding his groove and finding how much he can test the limits 
he's gonna he's gonna fucking pound like that kid's gonna go crazy it might be an honestly a fucking hyped up game when he does um eventually reach not his peak or anything but like when he really gets up there him versus proper would be a fucking gigabank like holy fuck that would be crazy yeah i mean even even him versus uh pelican for the houston outlaws this past week was like yeah an insane match as well um uh, a couple of things the um the uh, the neutral game, like we we have this internal stat tool as well, and it's like you know match like live match stats or whatever. There were like so many times where Speedly would have like the most damage per ten minutes that I've like ever seen by Genji or something. Like he would consistently just be up at like eleven, twelve thousand damage per ten minutes. Um, which is like numbers that's like pretty hard to get to usually and I'm this is just I don't I don't have like a great reference But usually like Genji's they sit between like, you know, 8 and 10 maybe 10,000 damage per 10 minutes And you know, you, you film blades pretty quickly speedily was like always pushing the limits like 11 12 sometimes even 13,000 damage per 10 minutes nuts numbers uh, for a Genji it always felt like He was just like a presence in the fights and I, I, I this was something I pointed out a lot like this past week when you want to look at the front lines of the teams, you actually don't really want to look at the jungle queens as much because they're not really like diving in. It's actually like the Genji who's diving in and sort of like being the front line when the fights kick off. And then like you reflect to buy time for your team to engage with you. Um, and of course you want to dash in to finish off some of these kills as well. It felt like Speedly was such a presence when it came to that and the way he was able to dash in at like the perfect times to like get frags um, to finish off people. He, one of the better Genjis in the entire league. So I think him versus Pelican was like an actual, like a really entertaining um, Genji battle. And I'm looking forward to see him play against like Proper and Kevster in the future. I, I thought it was a really good Genji. The only thing was like the Dragon Blades that you also pointed out. And especially in the series against Anonymous Spitfire, I think he struggled at first to like when, like how deep can I go with my Dragon Blades? Or is my team going to have my back? Um, and I, he certainly died like fed quite a bit with his Dragon Blades in the first series. But I think that improved over the weekend. So... Yeah, I, I, I think Speedly is a fantastic Genji player in the Western region. And we have like quite a lot of good Genji, so, you know, it's not to put anyone else down. But I really do think that Speedly is like in the same kind of tier as Pelican uh, when it comes to Genji play anyway. For the other heroes, you know, well, we're yet to see, but yeah. So perfect time's kind of add him to the roster and him to turn 18. is uh, in a Yeah, I mean, if they qualify, dude, I could see them getting like top three at the event again. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah, the range sick stuff in the tournaments that's for sure um what do we think about vigilante of course he came from the washington justice who have been kind of like half dissolving their roster so he joined the team rather recently and he's been playing like a ton he's good he's good he's a very good player <laughs> he's a very yeah. good player i think it's a shame because ultra i really liked ultraviolet on flex support he was like clearly a difference maker at points for this team it's just his brigida currently hasn't been in this meta in particular, just hasn't been like as amazing, I think. Um, but Vigilante's Brigitte looks really good. I mean, he's there at the right moments, he's hitting the whip shots, the packs are good, he's like not out of position too much. Uh, the cooldown usage is good. Like, I mean, overall, just it, it's good. Like, Vigilante's Brigitte is very, very nice. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, a, it's clear why that player was why he was hyped up coming out of contenders and yeah. why he was such a big pickup for Justice, even though technically he couldn't play for half like half the season. So. This is actually such a Good. sick roster now with Speedly and Vigilante on it. It's just a shame that they lost to Boston Uprising in the first match of the Summer Show. Because <laughs> if they had rough. beat Boston Uprising, they actually wouldn't have to beat uh, LA Gladiators to uh, 
to qualify for the tournament. I I, re I really would have liked to see Atlanta win in the tournament. I think they're they're a sick roster right now. Yeah, but, just, I the only thing I did kind of worry about was that your backline does need to be so strong in this meta and like being on the same page um, with like your Lucio and obviously OG and Ultraviolet have been playing for a long time together. Um, and I did kind of worry how Vigilante would slot in, but I think it's fine. I think he's doing pretty good. He's a very good Brig player. And I think when this meta shifts away from Brig, maybe, maybe we'll see more Brig, not sure. But they've got an incredibly flexible backline too now. They've got a very good Lucio player um and they can have ultraviolet back on like Ana or even a zen or like something crazy and vigilante can come in play brig and yeah it's it's a very exciting time to, i think to be a rain fan um especially with speedily coming of age and then they also have like a hyperflex in nero who can also jump back on the um on the may or like anything else that uh, speedily doesn't end up playing so yeah it's rain if they do make a tournament they're going to do pretty well uh, i think speaking of vigilante and the justice blowing up what do we think about their fucking team now? Because, dude, they they blow up half their fucking roster and then they start doing well. It's like, okay, well, great. Like, what what was going on here? Hang on a second. It's it, it it's one of the most interesting teams in the league. Like, I I, I just can't get over uh, the Washington Justice and how they got to this point. So they beat Toronto Spitfire, lost to Ma lost in Map Five to the Vancouver Titans, but they got three wins. They're pretty much going to make. The summer showdown tournament you know you got three you got three wins yeah. like you're you're pretty much set um especially since like teams that are like two and four are trying to get in um costa talked uh, some about this how like you know when there's no like substitute etc like there's less pressure on the players uh because like now you're just in this situation there's no subs going to happen you know you're going to have your spot in the team um you you probably feel less pressure as in like like how ha like the expectations on your team and the expectations on you as a player because of the new environment so this release of pressure costa argued that you know that's going to be a huge benefit for this team actually they are confirmed qualified so you know they're not even at risk yeah, of falling out so um i mean the the one player that stood out for me on the washington justice it's just like assassin like it feels like assassin is finally flourishing in the Overwatch League and this is sort of what we waited for for so long he had some good performances last year but if you think back to last year everyone's just going to meme about the memps it was all about the EMPs uh you know a complete uh, a, a complete lack of confidence in himself as stage three stage four came around last year and how he just like completely fell apart he became like a meme player people made fun of him um and I just love this redemption story that Assassin has been on now he's doing fantastic on the Genji. We knew that that Genji was in his wheelhouse. There just hasn't been any Genji medals for him to really flourish on that here on the Overwatch League. Um, the stats, you know, they don't lie. He was like top two in all of the categories except for um, deaths. He died quite a lot. But overall, like this is his meta. Genjis are super important. And I think Assassin has a great Genji. He does some individual mistakes sometimes. Like sometimes he'll position himself where he's not in line of sight for like his support. And he's just like left out to dry. Um, but when the assassin feeds then decay will step in and like find picks when you least expect it like decay is doing a great job on the sojourn um i'm happy for the washington justice that's all i can say i'm happy for the washington justice that they're getting these results um the players considering the situation they've been put in um it's just nice to not to not just like disregard or meme about the washington justice anymore because they've been through it uh the past one and a half years yeah, they're uh, 
I mean, I think the funny part about the Justice is that this is like it just to me it mirrors their entire history where they're like mediocre to ass and then some ridiculous event occurs and they suddenly get a lot better. Like, let's talk about goats and then meta changes and then they're like, oh shit, we're pounding with Samuel Sam now. Like we're pounding with San Sam and Corey and them like, right? Like in the last stage, like, oh man, we're not too good. Wait, what's that? We essentially abuse a contract loophole and sign decay for the stage four and heading to playoffs and then the meta shifts and we're fucking amazing. <laughs> like, and now we're getting here. It's like, oh, what's this? Our entire financial plan that we've supposedly reviewed before the year was actually bullshit and we're going to blow up the whole roster and we're going to get away and we're actually going to offload a lot of like our very good players. Oh, that's fine. We're actually, we're doing really good now. And the meta shifted. So it's, it, to me, the justice is like, I, I don't even know. It's so frustrating because they're like good and they have good players, but it always happens when I don't want it. Like it sh- shouldn't, it should be done. It should be over. And then they get the second life and they just are reborn in a fiery, a fiery poo phoenix is what the term I use. I call them a poo phoenix of sorts. Instead of it being flames, it's just unimaginable amounts of like dumb shit. But it's like still magnificent and glorious and the play is really good at times. So by, and, by, uh, by history standards, you think they're just going to keep this roster and like, oh, this roster is doing great. We'll just continue like this next year. We'll pick up. No, maybe I don't think play. so. Because they, <laughs> because they moved, they moved pre- um, He's an advisor now or something, he? to, Yeah, he's, not, he's no longer a GM for the team. He's like an advisor, for like a high-level advisor. And he said he's going to be evaluating his, um, like what he wants to do moving forward. So, because like as much, like even though I think P, people give him pre-shit, I think Pre has done a good job with trying to build. He's done a good of a job as he can trying to build rosters, I think. And like yeah. working to make sure. justice. Because also GMing is more than just building a roster. There's a lot of aspects to a GMing do gyms and it returns like cultivating helping cultivate your fan base helping build your organizational like staff and ops and stuff and all your various partnerships now granted i don't think a gm i don't think a g i think a lot of people misattributed misattributed gm should be getting partnerships for your team that's not necessarily true that's really kind of false on most levels but justice maybe are maybe justice had pre in a much more partnerships level um but uh i i like their roster currently i find it i find it unlikely based off their direction because also what happened to all the rumors that they were gonna get like team peps you know yeah. like what happened there like to me it's probably i bet they were evaluating that option and they're like wait a minute we have to get visas or play remotely versus just like keeping the talented players we have and just like going super budget and yeah. sticking it out i think they stick out with this roster probably the rest of the year and then they reformulate for next year is my guess especially because Kalios is like Kalios legitimately, I also think the K's had a kind of a pretty good return to form at points on Longside Assassin. I think the K's actually had some pretty good moments yeah. in the upcoming matches. And Kalios, I think, is like rated number one statistically on Junker Queen. Like that, he yeah, tweeted that out himself. Yeah. <laughs> He's like number one Junker Queen in most statistics right now. It's, Kalios uh, do play. It's a little insane. I love Kalios's arc as well as like a player throughout his career. He joined the league. He obviously was on Boston with you, Connor. Um, and then the next year, OD, next year, Trials, and then Contenders, and then straight back to the Overwatch League. Like, his arc as a player has been kind of crazy, and I can't name a single other player that's done that exact run, where they've been in the league, and then they've just dropped straight to, like, Tier 3, Tier 2, back to 
to tier one to, to Overwatch League. Like it's been it's been ridiculous. And I think he's been pretty good. And like you can tell he's been through the ringer. You know what I mean? You can tell these players that have been around for a long time, they're just look, they're they're decent and they always have been, but uh, they, they just need to be given a chance and that's what they have right now. And I'm looking forward to how they do in the um in the summer showdown. Yeah. Although this meta looks extremely good for like Toronto does fuel and shit like that but like um yeah i like the way well, paris are going yeah, well, i give a lot of out, you know like no, i give a lot of merit to what scott said too i will say um and like your fear as a player not being dropped and you were just working together as a five and like that is it you know you maybe have fucking bill from marketing or whatever the fuck but yeah just I your mean, ability to play as a team just more consistently rather than like some people are it's interesting still though that like these are the five players you have and then we uh, we did an interview with dk on the watchpoint show and he still he mentioned that thing that we heard from him like a couple of years back when it was last year where he said like he's not confident playing long range hit scan so sojourn in this case and like he played great on sojourn like you pointed out to yeah. the best it's like he got picks you know when assassin fed like he he made sure to turn fights around so it's just a bit annoying i suppose that 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 the K is feeling this lack of confidence in himself sometimes when he's like objectively like playing well and i really hope he like starts to find that confidence and starts believing in himself because it's you know you you always want to play with confidence you never like there's no benefit to believing that you're not doing great um you know it might make you like work harder but it's not gonna have you play better so i hope the K kind of finds that confidence um Talking about Kalios, like I, I, I've been saying from the start of the season that I think Kalios like played well. I think he was even good on Saria in stage one. You know when we had that uh, Saria uh, meta and they weren't, they had some kind of success with Mag and Decay playing uh, Winston Tracer and like diving. Um, but I almost said like, hey, I want to see Kalios in this lineup because I think he's actually doing better than Mag right now. Um, so yeah, now you have these five players. I, I wouldn't count them out. I know they just lost to Vancouver Titans in in five maps. But I don't, I don't, I, I'm not going to dismiss them like going into this tournament by any means. I think they could, if they step things up and, you know, any given Sunday, like you could take down the, the Houston Outlaws, um, you know, Vancouver Titans. I'm not saying they're not favorites against some of these teams, but they could definitely beat them um, if they just step up individually and, and play some better overwatch. So I think it's going to be interesting to follow the Washington Justice moving forward. I think they have a pretty well-rounded roster, except for the fact they don't have, like, a main tank now without Mag. But, like, I don't know what the next meta is going to be, like, next tournament. Um, but I could... They, they still have, like, Decay. They still have the Assassin. Krillin opener. That's a good backline. Like, they can continue to actually, you know, play pretty well. Um, qualify for play-ins. Maybe, you know, long shot. They qualify for playoffs. And then who the fuck knows? Like, success actually cures, like, a lot of these... Um, issues so you know if they if they qualify for the end of season playoffs and they have like some kind of like hope you know maybe management buys into that hope and they're like hey maybe let's not you know just sign like minimum player uh salaries and like stuff like that so who knows what what's in the future for washington justice but they're playing good now and i'm, I'm happy for them i think yeah, we should add uh, a secondary addendum to this by the way because i forgot to add to the ros um what are our did we discuss already about how i can't remember if we did it because i wasn't here last week did we already discuss the jerry from accounting contract thing not uh, in depth we mentioned it uh, no yeah like... i think we mentioned it but we didn't explicitly discuss it so but if you what want, do you we, want should, we should discuss that by the okay. way we should discuss the, that because the floor is yours i've asked that now 
obviously, I think there's a line here where orgs, like, people were like, I remember a lot of people were outraged when I think Grant, um, the, like, essentially the VP of their esports division for Justice was like, yeah, our sixth player on the roster is going to be like Jerry from accounting. It's going to be like a random org member that we're just giving a contract that to meet minimum requirements for roster for Overwatch League. So the question I pose is, is should that be should orgs be allowed to do that? Should no. they be allowed to no. do that? No, of course they shouldn't be allowed. It's a dumb fucking loophole, and I hope they fix it because. You know, I don't think anyone, I'm, I'm again, speculating, guessing. I don't think anyone is happy about this kind of situation at all. Uh, it's not, I, don't, I, I honestly don't have the insight to know if this has been done before by other teams to, to like, I've never, I've never heard of it ever. In the history of the Overwatch League, I've never, like the closest are like player coach contracts. Yeah, I've like the never heard thing of at that. the start of the year. I don't know if but the thing is, it's kind of like a soft rule you know. because people just like had the implicit, like it's kind of like how civilization kind of exists because we all agree to live in a society bottom text but like if we all chose to just not believe in society like society would break down right so that was essentially that rule i think we're like no one was crazy enough slash desperate enough slash like greedy enough or like whatever the are you know whatever the, the things were to like ever push that rule and then it comes out was like actually you could just do this and it's like well okay but you know don't you think this maybe violates the rules of society like you think it's kind of funny if, you know, uh the Washington Justice clearly have the best like contracts lawyers out there right now because they did that. They've not done this exact scenario, but they also found a loophole to sign Decay the other year. They have like yep. the well, stickiest I, fucking you know, lawyers I, I, to I, I find don't know these. If little I would loopholes. call the Decay thing a loophole. Like that was more like taking advantage of the rules. You know, I, I think. Sure. I mean, that's essentially. Yeah. I mean, taking advantage that, of the rules in a way. Obviously, it's not a loophole, right? But it's like essentially. Yeah. Functionality. It's just funny that they've done it. it, it they. It's almost like they've done it again. And their lawyers are just sicko mode at reading contracts and, and uh, yeah, so, reading, the, reading the rules. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I do not think that they should, like, teams should be able to fucking sign Jerry from accounting. But, dude, if there's a fucking loophole, like, people are going to exploit it. So here's, at, here's where, um, where I kind of disagree. I'm like, if, you, if, if, if someone has the opinion that, like, well, it's a loophole. The Overwatch League, quote unquote, allows it by some weird ass rule. They sh they should do it. I'm like, okay. Here's where it gets. It's like the integrity sort of falls apart for me. It's like, well, I guess they sort of have to have this person on a salary, right? Because there's the minimum like contract obligations right. or whatever for the Overwatch League, and technically it's supposed to be like a player contract, right? You're and hoping they're double dipping. No, Again, no I don't think they're double too. dipping. Um, I, I do, I do, would love to see the contract details where it says like uh, responsibilities as a player. You must post on social media, or like you must find sponsors for our team because I don't think that's ever been in a player contract before. Joking, but you know the the entire reason why the rule exists in the first place, or part of the reason anyway, is because it's supposed to, you know, help out the Overwatch ecosystem and bring in like tier two players for example and like giving them a chance and like hey you know like you need to sign the minimum amount of players um 
so you know we can have this amount of players in the overwatch league and i i feel like if you skirt around that rules well they're going to be like tier two players in the overwatch league and contenders or whatever who are grinding the the game they're grinding the game thousands of hours they put like their fucking teenage years into grinding this game out to get a chance of playing in the overwatch league and then the washington justice come out and just like yeah we're going to sign uh, a guy from you know marketing or whatever a staff member um because we don't want a six player and it's like if you're a tier two player you're like what the fuck i it's worked nice. so hard for this opportunity i'm like one of the best players in contenders in like the actual ecosystem and one of the top team top tier teams has decided not to like sign additional players i that's where i sort of feel like it goes against like part of your sort of fuck sorry i'm struggling to phrase this but like if no, you're a fine. team in the overwatch league you, you it's in your best interest to take care of the overwatch ecosystem to like you know bring some of these players up to the league uh, and like giving opportunities to players around the league and like fostering a good environment and i i feel like this move is so counterintuitive into like fostering um you know a good ecosystem for the league so that's where it, it sort of like begruntles me where i'm like there are players who are literally like not making any money and like putting so many hours into this game um and one of them obviously not not like 10 but at least one player could have been given the minimum wage or like minimum salary um some kind of benefits and who knows maybe it would have been like a vulcan scenario like they wouldn't even have had any chance of like getting playtime ever but at least they would have had a support system around them to continue pursuing overwatch professionally and if they were signed in the first place well they probably earned that because they had some kind of success in contenders so that's where it really like upsets me where i'm like well by 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 virtue of them signing a staff member at least one player had been robbed from an opportunity to pursue overwatch full-time and that's where it like really where i'm like really pissed off about it so i can definitely appreciate that take i think what's dude it i don't know man that's like that's real life baby just like some person just gets moved like i guess not really moved up or anything like that but a team an organization or like a company you can just take this outside of esports too they sign this person or they hire this person into the role that they're probably not going to do, but it's just to fill that kind of like that void there. And like the person that has put a ton of hours in um, just doesn't get the opportunity. You'll probably be able to find millions of examples of this happening, both in like esports and without esports. Doesn't mean to say it's right, but like, yeah, I mean, it, it does blow. And I agree with you, Johnny. They ideally, you just want to foster that kind of tier two to help. The rest of the league kind of flourish is just a, an unfortunate scenario maybe this kind of uh, loophole will be patched up in the future it not has entirely to be. sure come on um, now. but it uh, has yeah to be. i come mean come on now this is uh sure just it, not, it does have to good. be do we know it's going to be no but um it's uh more than likely at least uh hopefully on our side going to be patched up because yeah it does kind of suck it, it does give a even if it is a vulcan scenario and i like the point of uh kind of the support system being being in place and being signed for money and then you get to play and maybe get to spectate screams and be in that kind of a team environment too it does play it does it does play yeah um, I mean, do you know who also one of the proudest things about the overwatch league is like the amount of people like the actual league supports in terms of like how much yeah. like the volume of money flowing around the league when it comes to like support like giving people jobs um you know like we have we have 20 teams in the league minimum is six players per league 
So that's all, like 119 now with Devin for marketing on the Washington Justice that like get a full time pay, um, except for you know who knows what's going on with the Valiant, etc. But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but but like 120 players are like getting money, like good like money you can live on to play Overwatch professionally. Like I don't know what the numbers are in other esports, but like. I'm proud of that fact. As someone who, who is employed by the Overwatch League, I'm proud of the amount of people that can pursue Overwatch full-time, who, you know, have jobs within the league and, like, get to work with video games, get to work with Overwatch um, full-time because of the amount of, like, you know, jobs that the Overwatch League brings about. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 I think that that should be honored. And like, if you try to undercut that by like, you know, selling staff members, it sort of like goes against. You know, it does undermine the, the integrity of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I no, don't really care uh... as about, about as much about the whole, like they took a player spot away because like, it's up to an org to decide what they want to do with their spots. And I don't think they're like, the reality is no one, obviously fairness would be nice, but like life isn't fair generally, especially in these sort of endeavors. Uh, like when we're dealing with entertainment and professional play and like esports yeah, and gaming. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just because they're a bad actor, essentially. No, no, no. But the thing that is actually pisses me off about it, it's not so much about that. It's that how does it work? Contract? Are they paying this guy an extra salary on top of his other salary? Or is he just like, oh, you're a player now, but you have all your same responsibilities and same pay? Because to me, that's a far more egregious skirting of the rules, right? Because if you're designating someone a player, they should be getting paid the player's salary, the minimum amount. So if you're telling me like, oh, you're a player via contract, but we're not going to give you your player money or treat you like a player in any way, that to me is far more egregious because it shows that you can essentially just say, we have a person in our organization, we can call them a player, they're getting paid to do a different job, and we don't actually have to treat them or pay them like a player, right? Because that then what, then like, then what is a player anymore? Like, what does that mean in the contractual status of the Overwatch League, right? So that's, to me, the true controversy here. It's like, sure, it's bad faith. It's like, un it's bad for the competitive integrity, et cetera. But Do we know more, more he's not double that. dipping, though, like I mean, we Do we no know idea. he's not getting that paid? We don't know. Like we don't know. We but don't that's know. the thing. Yeah. Exactly. We don't. But, yeah. like, I find it hard to believe the justice in a cost-cutting measure would be like, okay, we're going to sign a player, but it's not going to be a player. Like, if you're going to have to pay this guy a player contract, why don't you just sign a player, right? Yeah. What's no going, what the fuck's going on there? No idea. What's yeah. going on there, right? Yeah. I just want to know what's happening with that because that, to me, seems like a far more egregious issue. Like, overall, like, we're, I think that's what I've been looking at the Overwatch League this year and, like, the stuff with the Valiant and stuff with the Justice here and the other things. Like, a lot of times we're molding it, like, because we're, like, we, you know, we love esports. We're molding the competitive aspect of it. But I'm looking at this. I'm like, this is like insidious. The level of potential undermining of the contract rules here, and like what this means for people participating in the ecosystem. Far more. It's far more wide-reaching, but obviously includes the, the competitive aspect. So like, that's the only thing that I want to wish to be elucidated about because, like, to me, it makes no sense. If you're gonna sign someone on your team, call them the sixth player. And they have to, and they're being paid as a six player. Why would you not just sign another player? To me, it implies that there something else is going him. on there. Yeah, they're not paying him, or they 
scrapped his marketing accounting contract and then gave him a player contract, but then put all the terms in for the marketing and the accounting on top of the player shit and saying like, oh, you don't need to turn up to practice. I mean, we have no idea. It's it's just, so. Yeah, we have no idea. But yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like where you're going with that, Connor. And I, yeah, all right. it's, uh, you got your that motherfucker should be ass. double dipping. There we go. Um, no, you yep. can have more. That's fine. No, that's fine. I, 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 um, that's it. That's all I got. All right, that's okay. all I got. I just wanted to pose that question out there for those that have no. thought of it, because to me, that's insidious. So, well, something that's also quite insidious, I suppose, uh, especially <laughs> if you are a fan of this team, uh, is uh, the Gladiators' record currently, as it stands. They're one and four in the qualifiers. What the fuck? Why are Glads one and four? They should be qualified already. It doesn't make sense. But are they actually underrated, or have they just had a tough schedule? Oof. Or is the meta bad for them? Or like, there's a ton of other questions. You, wherever you want to go. I've asked you want to take. I this think one? they're underrated. I think they're underrated. I say this as someone that potentially underrated them. My latest power ranking, but like, but just because it's tough to like currently rate them. But I do think now this is part of my larger copium campaign here of my my current life of predictions in the current stage. But because I've had some winners. In my predictions, I've I've had some winners with the shit with the Soul Dynasty and the Toronto Defiant, and I've had some losers. So, for example, the New York Excelsior, um, and how what they've done to me. Um, but also, someone that I still think is like kind of in between that is Glads, uh, because they've had a really really hard schedule. Yep. If you if, look uh, at their matches, their just, schedule's really hard. I was going to say, I'll quickly remind everybody uh, how Glads actually got it. to where I'm they showing are. It on there we go. You're showing it. Show it on yeah, screen. Show it. Yeah. So they played the Dallas Fuel, Houston Outlaws, San Francisco Shock, and the Toronto Defiant. Three of those teams have qualified already. Three of them. They shouldn't have lost that fucking Houston. Uh, Houston, but I mean, it is what it is. And then they've, uh, of course, they won against the Paris Eternal, and they face Atlanta Rain next. Another top position. So. On paper, yeah, the schedule fucking blows for them. Like it, it it's not great. Um, but yeah, I, I would I'm definitely in the boat of them being underrated. They have some of the best players in the league. They also have one of the most diverse rosters in terms of roles. They have someone that plays on that team. I can't name a single hero that someone on that team could not play to an a, to a very, very good level. Um, and it is very surprising at this point that we are in uh, this kind of situation. Although, saying that, um, we did have that interesting experiment, I, I would say, with Shu on DPS. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that had something was... to do with uh, Pan's wrist injury. Yes, Padapan's got a wrist injury. Yeah, and he's not playing for the rest of this stage. So he'll be back for the next tournament. Um, if they do obviously want to play him, depending on the wet, what the meta is and shit like that. But hopefully he'll be ready for them. But yeah, that was kind of rough. Um, them experimenting with Shu on DPS. Yeah, when they have arms. So, I, I think, I think overall they're. I just bring it up because mostly I feel like people. I've seen some. I feel like, and myself included, I think I was like, I got caught in a trap. Like, man, Glads aren't that good. But then I look at their schedule and their actual matches in that schedule and what they've been working with, and I'm like, well, actually, I think Glads are still pretty good, and they still have a chance to qualify for the for Summer Showdown. Still, it's just everything has to go right for them. Um, but like, yeah. it's. I was just thinking, I just wanted to propose that as like, are, are, are Glads as bad as their record indicates? Or are they actually a much better team than their record indicates? And I would say, yes, they're, te- they're a much better team than their record indicates. Well, indicate. their map score does paint that picture completely. Like, they are one and four right now, and they have a better map score than like 
Florida and New York, who are one and three. So Glad's have played one extra map, and their map score is just way better. They're currently Glad is sitting at minus three um, on the on the board. Florida and New York, who are both one and three, are minus six and minus seven, respectively. They do have a chance to get in. They need to fucking smack the shit out of rain um, in their next game. I think they like, need a three one to have a chance. Three zero would help a yes. lot. Yes. A 3-0 would go crazy because then they'd be on zero as their map differential. Um, and then they'd also tie the Atlanta Reign in that scoreline. They would both be at two and uh, two and four. So they need to really just smack down Atlanta Reign. But yeah. Atlanta Reign, like we speak about before, spoke about before, Speedly and Vigilante have just not in the roster, which poses a pretty significant threat to the uh, to the Glad's win streak. So here's what I'll say. The LA like they had a fucking win streak. I mean, like the one game that they've won. Yeah. Against us. Go on. They're one and four that does not justify how good of a team they are in this meta. That being said, they're not like elite. They're not, they're not the LA Gladiators of King of Clash or Midseason Manus. They're a good team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not elite. And so. You Absolutely. know, I, 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 Reiner struggled on the Junker Queen, skewed Funny Astro, like we thought there was going to be like the best backline in this current meta. And like individually, they are amazing at those heroes, but I still feel like there's been some struggles in figuring out uh, a backline without Shu in this case. So like they've had, they've had their fair share of struggles. They lost in map five to the Houston Outlaws. They lost to Adron to Defiant that like look really good in this meta. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to be like an LA Gladiators like, uh, apologies by any means. They're good, but if they miss out by happenstance of having a difficult schedule plus losing like a map five to the Houston Outlaws, you know, that that's how it goes sometimes. That's how it goes. Um so so yeah, I, I you know I don't I, when I look back at the states, I'm not gonna be like, oh it was a crime that the LA Gladiators didn't qualify for the summer show. And it's like, no, they should have played better. You know, they made some they made some mistakes and sometimes that happens. So uh going up against the Atlanta Rain it's going to be a very interesting matchup, but I think I think I have Atlanta Rain in that one. Like I I, I think the LA Gladiators are good, but I, I think Atlanta Rain are actually better in this current meta. So I'm not willing to buy in that I think LA, uh, LA Gladiators, sorry, is like a top tier team in this meta by happenstance of their strength of schedule. I actually think Atlanta Rain are probably better. That's my I guess that's that, that feels pretty hot because everyone seems to high on. The I don't think I don't still. think that's that I don't think it's that hot of a take because it's like competing against them like at, at the time like i was just i think i think also for glads i want to see how the space edition continues to change them right because space when he played versus paris eternal looked really good on junker queen i admit most people say yeah it looked a lot better than reiner but in return they played against paris eternal who is also a literally a brand new roster <laughs> not only was it the paris eternal but it was the brand new roster paris eternal so it's hard to like draw a lot of conclusions about where gladiators really stand in relation to like the elite teams that we'd expect them to compete with, right? So, but I think I'm I'm hoping that maybe the space edition could uh, into the lineup to play more Dragon Queen works out for them. I think he looked good. I think he had like strong mechanics and a lot better positioning than Reiner did at times. Yeah, yeah, I it think was all right. It was good. It know. was like. If, uh, especially in this meta too, if your queen isn't doing that hot, it feel, it very much feels more of a smackdown than it would if like a support isn't doing as well or like a, a DPS is doing as well. 
because the queen is just so integral um to the comp and like with the knife pulls and getting good like axe swings and good ultimates we've seen a lot of fucking whiffed ultimates but then we've also seen a lot of fucking crazy ones lucios and briggs are getting super good at like displacing the uh the rampage i am i am assuming that they will just continue to play space even if they go to the tournament um because even though it they did feels play that way Paris, yeah it feels that if, way doesn't it feel yeah it feels that way but also yeah sure they fucking whooped paris but they're a brand new roster but like i still think space like his mechanics yeah i i would say they would take him over reiner at this point maybe reiner just couldn't get to grips with a hero and like how it worked um within this meta not sure what their kind of conclusion was on that but it feels like space is the, the go-to and someone i'm actually normally quite high on um astro who's Known for his fucking Lucio, one of the best Lucio players in the world, I'd say. It's just not looked good either, which is very weird. It's He very rarely, not in this meta, like has bad beats or like has bad engages. But like there has definitely been times when I've watched him and like really paid attention to him. I'm like, oh, wow, Astros was like, he's not doing as well as I thought he would coming into, um, into the meta. Yeah, I don't know what you guys definitely. think about uh, the backline specifically. Yeah, it's pretty anecdotal, but I feel like they're sometimes the ultimate use is a bit off. Like the, purely anecdotal, but I feel like Funny Astro has like used beat engage more than other Lucios, and it's not as reactive as in like to counter blades or like counter rampages as much. Um, on the Dragon Queen point, like you can't really tell like when you're watching the kill feed. Oh my god, I'm about to get an ad saved. Um, when you're watching the kill feed as much. But like the discrepancy between having a good Junker Queen and a bad Junker Queen, if you just look like statistically, it's actually crazy like what the difference is. Like sometimes we'll have games, and I think um, Hardy was a victim of this uh, when the Lone Spitfire played. I forget who they played. But like Hardy had like half the damage done uh, compared to the, uh, to the opposite Junker Queen. And it's like that's a lot of damage done that like your Genji utilizes to like dash upon or like to get finishing blows or like that your Sojourn can get like hit a whale gun off of uh, you know like a carnage um, damage or like uh, something like that. So we while it's you also a lot of self healing too. Self healing, um, it puts yeah, it puts less pressure less on your support players. So like while you can't really see it in support, kill yeah. feed as much, like the difference in Junker Queen is actually so crucial in this meta just to like keep up when it comes to the actual sustain in a sustained meta um so you know reiner reiner struggle a bit on that hero uh wh whatever way you look at it and i think that space is actually that like that kind of player that i'd like to sub in as well if you're struggling like you're one and four as a team and like you can just sub in space he's a, 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 a like a super good veteran Going back to last year, when they were in the Countdown Cup and had success and won that stage, people credited it to stage being like a composed kind of leader within the team that just like calmed everyone down, was like a calming presence in the team as well. So if you have a guy like that in your team, like that probably alleviates some of, you know, the, the rotation, some of the shot calling as well. Like I have a lot of respect for space. So I, I actually think that if LA Gladiators qualify for the tournament, I think there'll be a, definitely be a contender, like a team that, you know, you gotta take into account as well. So... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But if they improve their Junkie Queen play like a little bit and like Funny Astro has some better beats, like a small things could go a long way. So, I don't know. Hope's not out yet yeah. for the LA Gladiators. They could still make it. No, they do need to whoop the Atlanta Rain though. That is, whoop the, Atlanta that is Rain. the precursor. And yeah. then the other thing is like the Florida New York scenario, right? Because Florida and New yeah. York, they both play yeah. and neither of them can like win two matches, I think it is. Yeah, so 
what's interesting about that is Florida play Paris and then they also play New York. So there's a potential. They both play Paris, in fact, and then they play each other. So there's a very real potential that they are that last fucking game of the of next week before the tournament could decide that last place. Yeah. Um, which is which is quite interesting because New York play Paris on the Saturday and then or the Friday, sorry, and then they play. You need to be around Robin. Paris or like each team gets one win each because if Florida that, or New York gets two wins, then that is right. It right. is that the way that is uh, worked out is quite funny. They do play each other on the very last day on the Sunday, uh, which which would be a kind of a kind of a fun day. They're Toronto also playing London. Not sure how much of that will really impact, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, Toronto is still looking pretty good, so yes. Now. Team we haven't talked about just yet. Houston Outlaws. Woo! They look kind of good, actually. Uh, three and two, plus one map score right now. They are just above the London Spitfire, but they are below Vancouver Titans. Titans have a better map score than uh, than uh, the Houston Outlaws right now. But with all the changes that they've had to their roster, ap well, apart from the week where the changes did happen, where they didn't look great, um, last week they looked really good. Pelican and Merritt, they're pretty good at the fucking game. Jesus Christ, Genjis go crazy. Don't the soldiers. Yeah, I think. I mean, I was, I was, in, I was kind of worried about Houston when Iris left. Obviously, I know Iris wanted to leave, and they, and I was, I was really interested to see like how they were going to be looking um, when they were playing, like uh, in their upcoming matches. And honestly, like. They've. I think the Lep has been fantastic addition. I don't think he's been like perfect. Obviously, clearly rookie nerves. Like he's had some rough beats in particular. I've noticed at time. Um, but Lastro has been great. I I really love like just how much better they're looking overall. I I mean uh, the thing the crazy part really is more so like they brought a rookie. And in the span of like a couple games, they've gone from looking like, ooh, like where do I feel about Houston here to because of their loss to Spitfire to, yeah, like you said, the Titans, the rain win. It's much more looking like Outlaws, I think we expected because Outlaws have been a consistently good top five team in North America the whole year. They've been like a top five team in North America. Um, and they were at, after the London loss, they were looking like people were like, oh, what the fuck's going on with them? So I'm glad that they've uh, picked it up, picked it around here, beating the Titans, beating the rain here in a close match. Pelican is taking over the server here again, um, which is something we hadn't really. I feel like Merritt's been the one kind of dominating a lot of He's the kill feed. Crazy. Yeah, but the thing is, I actually in the latest match for the rain, I think Pelican did a lot more than Merritt. I felt like Merritt was. Um, has been kind of like it's not that he played badly it's just that he's definitely been quieter and it's been pelican really stepping up which makes sense also because genji is such an instrumental part of the meta currently um and like how you finish up kills and how you start those fights and like blade is like a huge key ult that you play around so i'm really glad the outlaws have looked like they've just made it work here with the addition of lep and keeping dante and full-time junker queen uh because like it's they're looking good. They're looking really good. I think their tempo's great. Their their mechanics are great. And Pelican's really starting to take over the server a lot more when we haven't seen as much of him just like absolutely taking over the server in comparison to like his contemporaries like proper, I think, or Kevster. Yeah, that, that long Spitfire game like really fucked fucked us up. We're just like, wait, what what is this team? Yeah. Like, is is are they good or nah? Was was that a fake out? Like we didn't know. 
I'm really happy they got two consecutive wins and like a good way too, in like a good way, in good fashion to like establish themselves as like, hey, we're actually a great team. Merit and Pelican showed up both times, just like an insane damage duo. Um, building on the first win as well, I forget who they played when they, they looked fantastic first time around early the stage. Um, so yeah, they look like a great team. I do think there is like one, there is like one flaw in like their flow chart kind of ultimate usage thing going on they'll have a few weird engages like there'll be something about like dante's rampages or like some way they utilize like support ultimates that sometimes put them in like an awkward spot going into some fights i can't exactly like say what it is but it felt like watching this atlanta rain series atlanta rain were like a very steady calculated team you know great individual players um and it was almost like houston outlaws they 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 were the ones who like almost like beat themselves and i'm not saying like a houston out houstonable kind of way where like they threw or anything but just like they were just sometimes they would like opt to invest ultimates into like a weird fight or like maybe that someone had gotten picked already or like they would rampage into a specific scenario and like they wouldn't get as much value as they would have liked from some of their ults i think if they like iron out their play just like 10% they could be like scary good like be thrown to defiant level of good um because honestly like the mechanical skill is there i just think that their engages sometimes were a little bit off and i think they're aware and i think they'll fix that also lep got first picked quite a bit in this series i think against the atlanta rain yeah he, he got tone that down he got yeah, killed he by did die a lot a yeah ton. like i picked it up and normally if something i don't like hit on a lot during when i'm casting and shit like that if someone dies it well, it dies an extraordinary amount, but it was literally Kai, just every fight, just headshotting over Elga. And that felt like either he's, like, peeking too aggressively or Kai's going on to some, like, funky angle, but that wasn't really the case. Like, Kai's not... He's, Kai actually said a long time ago, or, like, at least when Sojin... Maybe it was last meta or the meta before? I, no, like this meta or the meta before, I can't remember. But he was saying he doesn't really like to use slide, like, aggressively or anything. So I kind of, in my head, put that down to Lep just being out of position. And then Kai just being like, oh, free kill. Just like, yeah, you know, with, a, with and, a headshot. And for example, like, I think Atlanta Rain and Lona Spitfire, they played earlier this week too. And one thing that I was like continuously impressed about by Lona Spitfire was how they respected Kai. They, they like played so well around Kai. Whenever Kai would like overclock, teams would do like a great job of just like hiding. Exactly. There would be like three uh, people know. like stacked behind a pillar, and you're like, what are they doing? Are they playing like Counter Strike or something? They're just hiding behind, crouching by this pillar or whatever. Um, but it's actually like so such great awareness from some teams now the way they're adjusting to like overclocks or like playing around bobs like just being able to play around the railgun the capabilities of the railgun and not like give them not not like open themselves up to kai getting one of those kind of picks and i think i, I think that the houston outlaws in some scenarios in this series they just like open themselves out to get picked and if they just have a little bit more discipline and like play positioning a little bit better um like they could be so good so th this entire rant of mine of just like Houston Outlaws hurting themselves is like the reason I say this is I'm I I am I am now ready for this tournament to come around if they qualify I don't think they're 100 in um for like this to be like the tournament who used to not in there who used to not guaranteed any yeah they're not they're not guaranteed but like I am I am ready I am waiting all right I am waiting for the Houston Outlaws to like this to be their tournament because what they've shown me with their damage duo and like their peak play i i think they could like fucking make top three i am just waiting for them to like enter like top three mode because i in my mind they have everything and they like messed up a few engages but like when they play at their best they look fucking good i am ready to be on the houston outlaws hype train it's just, just missing a little bit
That's I think fair. it's kind of fair, fair, especially off the uh, the damage line. I mean, Dante's looked good on the Junk Queen. Like he, yeah, and also, I mean, Glad might not be there bad. to be that villain, right? Like the the Ubermensch. Yeah. Like so, like with Glad's potentially not making the event or like starting out with like a pretty, even if they somehow make it, but still have a lot to ground to catch up. Like Outlaws have a good chance to go there because I think it's kind of why that. I mean, really, the only like the the real big villain that everyone's kind of like, oh, like what does this mean? Is like Shock, right? Is like can anyone beat Shock? currently because i find i find all the other teams currently very beatable um like with they the still get rolled in every tournament they turn up to though like they i know turn up to a tournament and that's and then they get, I'm ready. Um, come on um, gotta break out yeah. Outlaws, they, have, they have the setup here for a good run i just they just need to clean it up they need to clean up a bit lep needs to like hopefully not get picked as much and like clean up the beats but like his mechanics are good like the overall team is looking solid so like they, they have a chance got a real chance i think um on your point johnny about like disengaging teams disengaging and being respectful of like individual players i think that was the, that series against the atlanta rain was like perfect example of that the amount of times like someone pops not does something like the entire team was like whoa okay we're just backing the fuck up teams have gotten so good at that over the last couple of weeks like and i think last weekend was a like a prime example yeah it's just we see that disengage we don't need to fuck with it it's going to waste 15 seconds at most and it's not going to cost us a death. We give up the smallest bit of ground and we can just run. Uh, then we can just run on forward after that. I think yeah. that's a... Well, one more a thing really on good... that. I, I think yeah. I'm not in not in any way trying to like justify the meta or anything, but it has been interesting to see some of these teams adapting to the meta and like structuring their play almost like in a GOATS kind of way where like all the abilities, the all the ultimates, is the, the like... evolution is there. And like it's things cool. in week three of Summer Showdown qualifiers are way more structured than... The play was re refined in week one when we're just like thrown in and like there's genji players all over there's like soldiers shooting all over it's like no one's figured out how to play the meta how to play the comp and like what what makes a good team from a bad team but like now as an analyst like in week three and going into week four you can really start to tell like how teams are thinking and like how they're how they're strategizing and how they uh, like how they would like to utilize their ultimates to try to get an edge either to like to try to find an advantage the, the the play now it's like night and day from week one and and so it's been really nice i'm gonna try in week four to put extra emphasis on that on the broadcast whether it's on like the wash point or the game breaks i'll really try to put more effort into showcasing like how teams are actually um thinking about some of these compositions and like how they're you know positioning ultimate usage and stuff like that to really showcase because i think it's been really cool to see the meta evolve and teams finally sort of like structure the play a little bit in this manner. If only we had the Johnny Telestrator segments. If only we had for, a Telestrator. Sad uh, game, honestly. Sad game. Yeah, that would be very fun. Um, okay, let's move on to the next topic. The Paris Eternal. Who are they? Wait, Where what are we talking about? What are we talking about the Paris Eternal? Well, we just wanted to, I think I just roster. had the turn on there because they had the brand new roster reveal and we yeah. wanted to see what the opinions kind are on that. Also, something I forgot too on this list and I don't know if you guys covered it, so remind me, Jaws and Johnny. Did we yeah. already talk about the, did we already talk about something, did we already talk about this, the minor, the, the, the minor drama of the speed of the Spilo release drama for London Spitfire? No. Oh, with the black and white graphic? Well, also how they memed on people for not giving farewell posts. Oh, and yeah, like, and they didn't give one. And then yeah. they cuts below without giving and them then, farewell yeah. posts. We didn't, we didn't talk about that. I, or did we, Johnny? I can't remember. No, we didn't talk about that. You didn't talk about that? Yeah. Jack, I mean, there's not much to say. Like I find it funny. CEO of 
Cloud Nine even responded unto that and was like, "We're really sorry. Like this is yeah. this is fun." I just find it funny. That's it. That's uh, we don't actually talk about it. I was like, "That's yeah. really funny." And now we can move on. Yeah. yeah. All right. Paris Eternal roster. It's new. <laughs> Where do they come from? Who are they? Well, a lot of people know, and uh, you probably should do at this point. So the Paris Eternal. They've um, made some giant. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Made some giant shifts, and we've seen a lot of uh, roster shifts, but nothing as gargantuan as this one. Um, basically, a brand new team. Basically, a brand new team. Who did they lose to this past week? They lost two Glads. And, Glads, um, I think, yeah. You got three. Glad yeah, just Glads. Mostly okay, glads. They, so yes. they played three matches to get three yards in all of them. No, they played two matches. The new roster played Atlanta and LA Gladiators. They got three yards in all Yeah, but Atlanta was the week before. It wasn't their new roster. Yeah. No, Atlanta was the new roster. Was Atlanta new roster? I yeah, can't remember. And they got three yards. Are you sure? Yep. Hundred percent. Oh, okay. oh, oh, yeah. Because I was that was the week I missed. So yeah, you're right. That was the week I missed. And they got three. So oh, I guess we, we, I there's no reason to, give to say about this Paris Eternal roster. Nothing to say. Okay. Nothing to say. Hey, I thought well, the I thought the Pharaoh silliness with Mothal was kind of fun. Yeah, Far that was effective. That was kind of fun. That was it. Was not effective. Uh, but it was it kind was of like cool, twenty percent effective, eighty percent fun. Yeah. It, it was. Fucking funny Astro trying to wall ride outside of Nepal trying to kill the Farah in midair while just laughing to himself. I thought that was the that was the highlight of that match when I casted it. I thought that was kind of funny. At the end of the day, like uh, hey, they're trying some new shit. I don't fucking mind whatsoever. It's uh, it was fun to see them experiment. I think they're very aware that they're not gonna be able to make well, they obviously can't make the tournament, but they're not gonna be able to take games off of people like the gladiators because they are a Pretty much a brand new fucking roster. So trying these bits and pieces, seeing what fucking sticks. I mean, they yeah, did play far in contenders. I think, like, I, I, I think that contenders yes. tournament was more friendly to far. They were, a, they were a silly hero specialist, is what, is what I've seen. So, you know, that's perfect. We need more of those. We need more like OG Clockwork <laughs> Vendetta kind of shit. You know, um, I, like, silly hero it's specialist. not, it's not the players' fault it, it, at all. Fault. But I do think it's, 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 it's. It's a bit of an oof moment that the, these guys got picked up and essentially were like, they want contenders. They're going to come in to the Overwatch League and really like show what they're about and give Paris Eternal a chance. And they got 3-0 twice. I guess really good teams, to be fair. But like any yeah. any any sort of like crumble of hopium that they were actually like going to have a bit of a revenge tour now and like give themselves a chance to make the play-ins. It's almost like I mean, gone. yeah, sure. This Maybe was supposed to be the meta, but like, get some wins. look at the next two games that they have. We already talked about it, but they play the Florida Mayhem and they play the MYXL. Both teams have not looked good. There it actually is a chance they could win. Like, there's a small chance, but there is still a chance they can win. They've had like a little bit of time. They had their fucking warm up against the Glads, whatever. Dude, they might be able to win against the Florida Mayhem. I'm just saying. There, there is a real possibility that does happen. Okay. It, it, so, maybe they play silly uh, stuff. Maybe, maybe they don't. Uh, maybe. Just maybe. Uh, nah, like I said, so. there's a small chance. They're 1 there's in 15. Currently, Boston Uprising has the last playing spot at 5 and 12. So, and their map, they fucking sucks. So, realistically, you oh, need yeah. five more wins than Boston Uprising currently to make the play ins. You get two this week. Two. And then two next Let's time. just pretend. I'll give them a Three. little Spitfire upset, okay? Three in a row. Then you I have Spitfire upset. Lose. Are you on crack? Houston Outlaws. What the fuck lose. are you saying? Vancouver Titans. New meta. Who the fuck knows if they're good in it? You got four. 
You only got shock and the Boston Uprising. So, best fucking case, ultimate ca best case, like literally dreaming, okay? You get five wins for the rest of this season, which gives you. Then you're at six wins. And you have to bet on like the Boston Uprising not winning one single more match this season. Impossible. They're not making the plans. Yeah, I let's, mean, let's just see what the roster is. has before next year. Sorry. They yeah. could win against I mean, the Mayhem or New York. I just wanted to see if we got Let's any, like, go. if we had any interesting takes on them. I was like, oh, you know, it was kind of fun. Like, it didn't look atrocious. It didn't look, like, as abysmal when we saw them. It just wasn't good still. So I was yeah. like, you know, I just wanted to see, like, what, what are any reflections upon the Eternals? Like, I do think their season's probably donezo, unless something miraculous happens with them. Here's so. what I'll say, because I was very dismissive. Here's what I'll say to, like, restore some, a little bit of heaviness. I really hope that players like the backline like Luke Mino and Ragatak, uh Dove as well and you know maybe a couple of the other players I, I, I really want to see them in the Overwatch League next year so I hope this is not like just them being thrown in at the end of a bad season and then like sorry guys you didn't get two wins in the Overwatch League like, like now you're out I think I think Dove, Ragatak, and Lukimino. I really hope to see those three guys in the Overwatch League next year. And I hope like this roster works out for them and they get like a proper chance next year to prove themselves. Because this situation they've been thrown into, very suboptimal. Not their fault at all. Um, and they deserve a legitimate chance to prove themselves. So I, I just hope that this season is not like the end of their Overwatch League career. I really do hope they get re-signed and they get a chance next year again. Here's an extra crumb before we move on to the next topic. Aren't they changing into the fucking Vegas Eternal? And they are. all of them... All, uh, hang on. Not all of them, right? Oh, no, all of them, yeah. They're all American players. So, a small sign points to, okay, no Europeans, we don't have to deal with visas or anything. Maybe they just stick with this roster. Maybe they pick up a couple other contenders players. I don't know. But um, since they're going to, like, the Vegas Eternal, they're already fucking there. Easy, baby. Like, that kind of yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, that's what you hope, right? The, yeah, but obviously, who fucking knows? We don't know what's going to fucking happen. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I hope they get there are four chance. teams. There are four teams right now who are undefeated. I was going to say lossless. I always want to say lossless, but then it reminds me of, like, audio files. There are four teams undefeated right now. Two in the Western region, two in the Eastern region. And uh, let's talk about the Eastern teams, the APAC team. Seoul Dynasty and the Shanghai Dragons still undefeated in this meta, in this qualifiers. Uh, pretty crazy. Both sitting at four and four. Uh, Seoul Dynasty just beating out the, the, um, the Shanghai Dragons right now on map score. And they've won a single map more than the Shanghai Dragons. So pretty insane stuff. Um, yeah, what are, we, what are we thinking? In fact, Seoul Dynasty are undefeated. Um, like they are 12 and 0 in qualifiers uh they've not dropped a single map shanghai dragons one map they've dropped which is fucking ridiculous that's like better than the shock and the dallas uh fuel currently in terms of uh, maps played or map win ratio yeah you know what i mean i believe in the dynasty i'm gonna yeah. say i said it we came into the stage i'm like the dynasty are gonna pop off kitty please i'm trying to can you get get out of here get up, come here. so the dynasty fucking own they fucking own the profit the profit, the profit quite the profit quite uh quite quite awesome i'm i'm really glad the dynasty have, have had a resurgence to form here in the jungle queen meta and fitz is getting some more play time too because i think fitz, fitz is an excellent player like their roster is just good their roster is just really 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 good and um 
I'm glad that's kind of paid off my belief in them here a bit. Now, Dragons, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was thinking about Dragons, honestly. Like, heading into Weren't you meta, pretty but... low on the Dragon? No. What was that fucking game that everybody was, like, laughing at me because I picked Dragons and they actually just started fucking people up? It was against the Spark, I'm pretty sure. It might have been versus the Spark, It was against the Spark. Yeah. Another so, undefeated. I think I think overall, like, Though I did admit Dragons, it was a mistake. So. I mean, man, like, A, like, their coordination, great, but also, fuck. Who are you on a Genji? Dude, do you <laughs> know what's really funny? Like, when Soul Dynasty picked up Who Are You, and this happened with... Oh, man. It, the, fuck, this happened with, like, Bebe as well, right? Where they just have not really played... Oh, they played Bebe a couple of times. But the Shanghai Dragons do this thing where they pick up players, play them one or tw once or twice, and then it's like, okay, well, you're just going to go to another team, or, like, you're just going to permanently on the bench. Who Are You? I was almost convinced that was going to happen. They pick him up, maybe they play him a couple of times in some games that they know they can either win or it's kind of a free game for them um, and just get him some time in the server. But then they fucking pull him out in the Genji meta and he still fucking rolls people. And you got to fucking remember when he came out of Apex, everybody was like, holy shit, this guy's like God's gift to gaming. Like his fucking Genji is crazy. Like people are going uh, mental for him. And then he didn't really see playtime at all. And it was like, okay, well. That sucks, but I guess there are other players that are better. And now he comes out and just like dumps as everybody on uh, in in this meta. Honestly, it's good. I'm I feel nice about that. It feels good to actually see him play games in the Overwatch League consistently. It's it's so funny considering that like he's been benched for so long, and we've been like, his his career since 2017 has been so fucking weird, and now he's just like plugged in, and he's like genuinely like one of the best Genjis in the league still. Like, yeah. how many players can you say that about that has, like, that, like, remain relevant, that even, like, one hero at that kind of level for so long? So, you know, it's a different kind of achievement, but it's still, like, super impressive that Who Are You is still just, like, a god-tier Genji when we, there's so many examples of even, like, Tracer players who, like, Tracer players who were good, like, one year or two year, and then, like, they started to drop off. Widowmakers who were good one year, two year. Rem remember when, like, Linkser was, like, one of the best Widowmakers in the league on using Outlaws, you know? Like, there are so many scenarios of, like, players excelling at a hero for one or two seasons and then dropping off. And it's kind of natural. But the fact that Who Are You is still, like, still a top-tier Genji after all this time being on a bench and, like, not having a chance to play as much... Um, and he's just plugged in and looks gold tier. Like, if you actually watch him play Genji, it's still just, like, mind-blowing how good he is on that hero. Um, and it's perfect for this meta as well. So, uh, I was brutally wrong about the Hangzhou Spark so far. They can still make it because they have an easy schedule, I believe. This I think week. everybody kind of was, right? I mean... Yeah, but I went I really hard expected on them. They're playing Guangzhou and Philly really this well. next week. So Dude, hopefully. they're 1-3 with minus 6. I'm going to get my coffee, sorry. I don't know. John, are we having a break or no? Are we just going to go... Dude, I'm assuming I, not. The going um, to break is me turning off the stream. So, okay, okay, you know. <laughs> but Hydro Spark, they're 1 and 3, but they're playing the charge and they're playing the fusion. And if they win both, they're 3 and 3. And, you know, they're pretty much in. I don't know what the prospects are of a team finishing 2 and 3 and making it. I think that's pretty unlikely. Um, especially because Hangzhou would. Yeah, I don't know what the prospects of that would be. But Hydro Spark, they're not out. But. Soul Dynasty and Shanghai Dragons were obviously like the two the two best performing teams in Apex so far. So I was brutally wrong with my Hangzhou Spark Pred. Uh, I'll take that L yeah. Avast. Um, and it was a big big argument at the start of the stage. It um, was. It was. It was. So, okay. I might, I might jump ahead a little bit. Jaws is gone. 
but these teams are playing this upcoming week Seoul Dynasty against the Shanghai Dragons do you do you have a favorite between the two do you think one of them is better Dynasty Dynasty, dynasty. you think Dynasty is better than the Dragons right now I just I just love the Dynasty man I love the Dynasty they they they've they've suckered me in finally after years of disbelief against them I've been like you know what this roster is so fucking good like I I think they're just looking clean and polished now obviously I'm not going to count out the Dragons like it's not like this is a guaranteed win for them I just I just favor the Dynasty I love I love with everything they're doing I love the roster I love how clean they look. Stalker. And how about Stalker? Yeah, I know. Stalker. Fucking nasty. Super good. Fucking, here, the real question, the real actual, well, actually, that is a really juicy pred. The, but I think the juicier pred is does Charge beat Spark? Ooh, Charge been looking pretty good, dude. I mean, Jimmy kind of rolls people. Like, that ma I woke up, obviously all of us kind of woke up and we saw the news that Jimmy do be fucking people up. I don't think it's that 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 hot of a take at this point. I think it's good. I, I mean I, so I, don't, I don't they're know. two and two. They're two yeah. and two. Yes. They've beaten Valiant yeah. and Philly, both in map fights. Yes. Easy. Yes. Are we getting? A, a, am I the only one who's like cautious about hyping up the charge? No, I'm. Ca I'm cautious too. I'm. I'm proposing the question. I think. I. I still. I'm still like. I still. I think I believe enough in the spark to where. I think I still believe enough in the spark to where they can win that series. But I'm just saying, I. You should not be shocked if Charge wins it, based off their current performance you know based off their current performance and also they're not every team gets to play against a fusion where like zest is like ramp sliding into feed and carpet and uh fucking fury is literally rampaging off the map you know like not every team gets to play against that version of another squad so like on the beat too <laughs> yeah so that like I, I i still believe i still think the spark probably have it handled but like i would not be shocked to see charge win it when you have uh, such an incredible uptick in form currently yeah i mean if you just look at their roster like they have uh like an objectively like pretty good roster now that was not the case earlier uh like krong far away uh Iveltal, Tro uh, choice one jimmy aprita like that is objectively like a competitive roster so if this was the roster Ernie's they went bro. into, like, Stop with calling this him season, your Why does everybody keep calling him your Veltol? Well, I, I mean, I know it's Cernius, but, like... His new I, name. I feel, yes, I know it's his new name, but I feel like there's also, like, listeners and viewers who actually, like, just thinks that he's, like, a random contender's pickup and are still growing accustomed to it. That's so, fair. at some point, yes, I'll fully transition to calling him Cernius, but... Until also, I feel I, confident that people know, I'll. I'll, I'll I got fucking chewed out last year when I had to do 4 a.m. APAC games with hardly any sleep. It's far away, not far away. Just far that. away? Oh. Far away. There's far no away. A. Far yeah. away. I'm just going to. Do you have Johnny, to say the 1987 too? Uh, you know what? I'm going to call him 1987 for the rest of the year. Just. Uh, far away, 1987? Just, just, just piss people off more. No, just, uh, I'm just going to give you a heads up, John. I want to protect you. You're a, you're, I you're a kind that. soul, Johnny. I, I appreciate that, Joss. I don't want you Thank to get you. chewed Thank your you. ass out. Like. Yeah, I, I appreciate your friendship, Joss. You're a very good friend. Good. Look, uh, you know, I actually felt bad the other day when you were guesting on the desk. Oh, and I Why? realized in hindsight, I realized in hindsight that I should have offered to driven you down 
to Irvine, and I've, I felt bad. You for do not live barely you. close to me, but no, it's fine. I don't care. It would have been like, you know, an added 15 minutes to my drive, maybe. But it would have been a good, a good you know, a good thing to do for a friend. Would have been a good so vibe. I felt bad about that. And I'm sorry, Joe, oh, so I didn't offer to drive you to work. Next time. Yeah, next time you're next on desk, I'll, I'll drive you. Yeah, there, you, there go. you go. I do have a car. And then I'll ask you for it's, actually, it's quite a drive going all the way to fucking Irvine or whatever. Dude, yeah. like well, a, the only reason why I didn't drive is because my car needed repair. So <laughs> on, on fucking like, Friday, the drive is like two hours. <laughs> so drive to, it's, it gets crazy on Fridays. I'm, it's I'm like, not going to lie. I was very happy because I was supposed to work. For people who didn't know, I was supposed to work the entire weekend, even including the Friday. And then our town manager was like, oh, no, we're going to change it. So your customer, Matt. On, and I'm like, I'd rather cast with Matt than fucking drive two out, like have an Uber ride for two fucking hours in traffic. Dude, dude. I, I, there was a rough. huge traffic accident on, on this past Friday with like involving a truck or something. So I was late for rehearsal. I, I drove there, it was like 150 and then ended the, the show and like drive back. It's two hours. So I essentially like, essentially to, to, to work, I'd have to leave at like 7.30 and be home by like 8.30. And so it's just fucking crazy. But Saturday Sunday's are nicer because there's left traffic. Anyway, I'm sorry I didn't drive you to work, uh, Joss. Uh, no, what was I talking about? Yeah, Grant your charge. Going to charge. Yeah. Oh, I, was, I forgot about the, the topic. I would 100%. We're, no, we're, we're, this is fine. I mean, this is kind of related to like the Fusion Spark do not fuck uh, thing. And then the yeah, charge. Yeah, I had to turn on it on my topic bar though, but it's fixed. Oh, okay. Scuffed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Everything's, everything's okay. Yeah, so Xerneas slash Yveltal. X and Y player. Didn't really complete. I don't think I completed X and Y, but I uh, appreciate the Pokemon references. Jimmy and Aprita uh, got added. If that's what we were talking about, new new additions. Yeah, I, I was just saying, like, if this was the roster going into the year, I actually would have been hype on this roster. I, I said Especially at the start with of the year. Aprita? Yeah. I, I, I said at the start of the year, I thought Guangzhou Charge going into the season had the worst roster in the entire league, you know? But like, Rio and. Fuck, uh, develop, like, hitscan, stuff like that. I just hated that roster. This roster, it's genuinely good. Like, I, I would not be surprised to see them qualify for the tournament either. Because it's objectively, like, a good roster on paper. So, um, I expect great things from them. It just kind of sucks that Chengdu Hunters also, like, kind of came into form. This stage too. And they're looking better with, you know, naturally Jinmu is on the Genji. And, um, Elive as well is popping off. So, like, the... It, before Guangzhou Charge suffered because they had a bad roster, and now they're kind of suffering because like there's other really good teams in the APEC region too. So, you know, it, it's a different kind of fault if they don't end up qualifying. But I like I like their roster. I like what they're doing. That region is actually kind of stacked now, with Chengdu, Guangzhou, Philly, and Hangzhou all in like that mid table kind of tier. Stacked, but like they don't teams. know how to fucking play the meta. They literally don't know how to play the fucking meta. Like that's the problem. Is like two of the teams know how to play the meta. It's a competitive, then... competitive region. Yeah, like, I would say, like, it's stacked outside of this current iteration of, like, the current meta. Like, I think this is a great, it's a great region, obviously. There's lots of good players and good teams. It's just right now, there are two teams that know how to play the game, and a bunch of them have no fucking clue to do <laughs> when you're watching them. So, that's, like, a pretty distinct issue with uh, I do. currently. I do think having more, t this has been talked to death, I think, at least on PlatChat, but um, I do think having more teams would actually fix that problem and like more practice partners and shit like that they probably they definitely scream like tier two teams like contenders teams like t1 and shit like that but um 
dude if they just had more teams i think this region would go fucking crazy and it wouldn't be such a massive divide between the the top two and then the the rest of the teams but um you know maybe that changes with time we'll have to wait and see um yeah do you guys have any more comments about the charge i think we can just go on to match results i'm assuming we just want to look over the games that happened this weekend is it that what we've kind of uh, done we have we, we that, i mean like honestly sure. I, I, I know, power I was... rankings are we done with the teams or do you want to do who makes summer showdown yeah there's which also is kind like, of like power rankings we, I suppose? we should do we should maybe talk about preds of like who we think actually makes summer showdown all right okay. so here's what i think we do yeah. as we're running through the rundown like during the show itself i think we do we do not not in this order but we we do power okay. rankings on the solomon website we we do a sure. pickems we do pickems because that's like preds or we just like do a few pickems, not all pickems, but a few pickems, okay. and who we think qualifies. Okay. Sure. Let's do so who we think do... qualifies. Okay, yeah, okay, I gotcha. I, I'm Let's do who we think qualifies first, all and right. then we'll do pickems and then power rankings. Yeah, so, sounds, sounds good. good to me. Okay, cool. Wait, what was the first one? Oh yeah, who makes uh, some shout out? All right, um, who makes the? Do you right, so there are APEC. There are two spots. Do you sure, want... there are two slots left. Hunters, Charge, Fusion, Spark, Valiant. Valiant, there's no fucking shot. Uh, <laughs> there's zero and four. The only two teams right now that are on two and two that are currently in contention for that are Chengdu Hunters and the Charge. Chengdu Hunters have a better map score than the Charge do currently. Chengdu Hunters sitting a minus one, Charge sitting a minus four. And then two other teams that are the Valiant, the Fusion, and the Spark are one and three. So realistically, there's four teams right now that could make it. Yes. What are you guys thinking about the... What do you guys think about who is in the best position right now is the Chengdu Hunters to make the tournament. Do you think Chengdu Hunters yeah. will end up going there? I think Chengdu makes it because they're playing Guangzhou. And if they don't beat Guangzhou for some reason, because we respect the charge, they're playing the LA Valiant. And so that's essentially sure. going to be their third win. And I think you make it with three yes. wins. So Chengdu yeah, 100%. The fourth spot where it's like between Guangzhou, Philly, and Hangzhou. That's where it gets interesting. Yeah, because Charge play Hunters, and then they play Spark, which could determine quite a bit that game. That's on the Saturday. Um, yeah, I guess technically Saturday is the fucking the second block of APAC games next week. So that should be quite interesting. Do I think that? Do you guys think the Spark can beat the Charge, or do you think Charge just kind of roll because Jimmy kind of go crazy? I think Spark can beat the Charge. I think I think the I think if they I don't know the Gushway Bernard swap ups have been weird too for the Spark, but I think Spark their talent is the talents there. We've seen they can have good moments. They just need to if they get their roster cohesive, they can beat the Charge because the Charge still are like they're heavily reliant on the on the himage factor, the dogage factor. How much dog does Jimmy currently have in them? You know, like how much himage is he? Like that's if we're doing the X-ray of the lungs. Like how what what are we looking at? We're looking at one, two what dogs. What percentage dogs, of like, dog? How, what percentage of dog does Jimmy got in him? And like I think overall, like sure, Charge have some decent overall pieces too. When you include Xerneas and also Aprida, right? Like they have some good pieces. But like I'm watching, I'm seeing the team that seems very raw, and they're relying a lot on like their pop off, and they're playing against other very raw, uncoordinated like teams that don't know what they're doing um in like the bottom like four ish teams of APAC four five even uh so though i think gaga and hunters have been getting better have been rounding out a lot more which is why they're a little bit ahead um 
So yeah, I I still think Spark can probably take that. I, I'm putting my vote for Hunters are pretty locked in. I agree with Johnny. I think yeah. Hunters are locked in, and then I'm I'm going because also you have to you can't count out the fusion though, right? Because technically, couldn't well, fusion? They're playing if soul they beat Dragon Soul first. Yeah. So let's say they lose to Soul, they beat Hangzhou. They're two. They're two oh, and yeah, four. Soul, yeah, Soul Spark. I'd say. Yeah. It will then go down to map score if they go if they go one and one this weekend they'll be yes. two and three overall two and, and they two and four sorry they will have to they have to um they they have to sit there and wait for hunters to lose twice and charge to lose twice is that gonna yeah fuck maybe them? they're fucked yeah maybe they're fucked okay is that gonna yeah in that happen? case Both i think I... and fusion are in that position so and spark... i think i'm going spark i'm going spark yes probably yeah, Spark probably. and charge, that match will probably be the determining factor for yeah. the weekend. I think I'm going Spark Hunters is my people that make it an APAC. Then. Unless okay. Chengdu Hunters, they, 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 they're actual geniuses. And I'm not allowed to say this because I technically work for the league. But they, they, they you know, try out some interesting strats against the Guangzhou Charge. Guangzhou Charge beats the Chengdu Hunters and then Chengdu beats Valiant to qualify. And then both those teams would be three and three. Why? I don't know. No, no, I'm no, not, no, I'm, right. not right. All right. All right. I'm not entertaining. I'm not entertaining. I'm not entertaining. That was too I'm moving. I'm like, moving uh, no, okay. it might not actually be. So fine. we're pretty in line with, uh, yeah, Chengdu Hunters and then either Charge or Spark making it, just going on the fact that Fusion has still have to play fucking Soul. So they're probably going to go one and one if that. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's that's pretty interesting. I personally, honestly, just on the recency bias, I'd probably go with charge. But um, that game on the Saturday will fucking pound. Uh, it's you're off be funny the goop because you're like, <laughs> maybe I am, maybe I'm not. We'll see. <laughs> um, all right, let's move over to Chengdu and the... Hangzhou. Our final answers, right? Seoul, Shanghai, Chengdu, Hangzhou. We think, yeah, and, and Joss think Guangzhou. Yeah. Yeah, sure. All yeah, right. I think charge. Yeah. And then you guys can fucking think. Uh, Whatever you want. That's fine. Yep. Okay. So the Western standings, there are four teams that have made it already. Two of them have a perfect map record, both five and oh. That is the Shock and the Dallas Fuel. And then you have Toronto Defiant locked in at four and one. Then Washington Justice, three and two. And that's mainly off their map record. There's still four more places. And the people that are best in line for it right now are the Titans and Outlaws, who are both on three and two. But Titans inching above them with a plus three map score versus Outlaws' plus one. Now, <laughs> the teams that might not make it, the fucking Glads, who are one and four, and then Florida Mayhem and the MYXL. And we've already spoken about this a little bit, but the Florida Mayhem MYXL arc is very funny because it's literally just a trifecta of teams. One of those teams aren't even fucking making it that will decide their own fate. But their fate could have already been decided, to be fair, depending on how the matches end up going. Uh, they, they, Florida Mayhem and MYXL are playing each other and they also play Paris Eternal. So there could be some major upset shit there. It's going to be a pretty scrappy fucking game. I'll tell you that right now. What do you guys think about either the Titans, who are currently sitting on 3-2, and two, same with the Outlaws 3-2, and two, um, of them making the tournament? It seems pretty set in stone. Vancouver play Boston and the Houston Outlaws play the Washington Justice. I actually think it's just a, like a map dif differential thing for both of those teams. Because I know that if Dallas Fuel 3-0'd Florida Mayhem, then Vancouver would have been in. So they were essentially like a map away. Dallas, like one map away from 
qualifying. So I think Vancouver are pretty much in. Uh, not guaranteed, obviously, but I think, you know, it's very likely. Vancouver, I think it's very likely too. So I, I think Vancouver and Houston, I, I, I think we can pretty much assume that they'll make it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also cool. Vancouver is playing Boston, right? And like, sure, like, it's not like Boston has been like awful, I think, but they haven't been good. And Vancouver looked really solid in the meta. So like, I think Vancouver are really safe. I think after Outlaw's most recent performances and based off their map control, I think Outlaw's are pretty set and think to make it, in my opinion, as well. Um, I, my vote goes to Titans, Outlaws, Rain, and then like the other ones kind of like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. The, the other, other one's I'm very kind of a, I don't know, not sure. So I... the London Spitfire and the Atlanta Rain are currently two and three. Who are they playing? The Atlanta Rain is playing the Glads. And then uh, London Spitfire are playing Toronto. So they're both playing what you'd think, especially with the Glads, pretty tough teams. Yeah. What do you guys yeah. think about London then? Do you think London can win against the Toronto Defiant? Because if they lose that map and then Gladiators run over the rain, they could be in trouble. I mean, I think Defiant look really good in this meta. And I don't think like Spitfire are necessarily bad by any means, but they're not... I don't think they're currently able to beat like the top four-ish teams in North America is my kind of view with how the meta settled out here a bit. It seems to have gotten better. I think they they look like they're a solid, like, mid-tier contender in this meta. Um, and so, I, I'm especially because, like, it's clear they still want to run. It's not that the May, the May Gambit's bad, right? Um, but, like, it's clear they want to run a lot of Backbone May. And it's not bad. It's just clearly still not optimal on, like, a lot of maps. Like, it still works. It has value. It's just you would definitely prefer to have like some Genji at points. Um, so, and, but but it also works in certain other areas. So I don't know. I think overall I'm feeling like I also don't think they can do as many of their micro plays as much because it's really it's very hard to like set up and do like their crazy shit where they like send the Lucio and like Sparker or like Backbone and like Lucio off because you need to have your Lucio and your players like so tight together in this meta often. Like it's really only your DPS that ever split occasionally for like setting off a Genji dash or like getting an aggressive slide or like getting an aggressive angle to slide back. Like you just can't like be splitting like this. And that's where I think a lot of their power comes from as a team and their coordination. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't feel confident London beating defiant uh, at all. I yeah. Think defiant, so if London lose three Oh to Toronto defiant and the LA gladiators beat Atlanta rain, um, 3-1 or 3-2, it's going to be very interesting because then London Spitfire, Atlanta Rain, LA Gladiators are all 2-4 and four and are within like two map differential of each other. So it's going to be very interesting to see how those three teams settle it's if gonna, London lose 3-0 and LA Gladiators win. Uh, I guess it's going to depend on map score. Like a yeah. lot of it de is dependent on who whoops who if the clouds end up destroying atlanta rain in the 3-0 um but if atlanta rain play like kind of upset here and take them to a map five and even if they lose their glads only get a plus one that's pretty bad because they're still there will still be a negative two yeah there. i wonder what the tiebreaker um, would be and the atlanta rain would be uh negative one if they go to a map five and atlanta lose atlanta could still be in 
like they, dude there are more, there are smarter people out there that do this shit i i, I fucking hate yeah. doing this kind of math and stuff like that there are way smarter people out there thankfully but um what's really funny to me i uh, dude i i know look they both fucking mayhem and, and myself can still make it that trifecta of fucking matches the florida versus paris MYXL versus or like Excelsior versus Paris, and then Mayhem versus Excelsior. One of those teams couldn't make it in if they go two and zero on uh, this weekend, which is doable. Their map score is pretty horrendous, and if my way of thinking is correct, they actually might be eliminated even before Sunday because oh. of uh, Mayhem and X uh, MYXL. Because of map score. No, no, no. The winner would Surely. still have Oh, a no, because they're one and three. 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 They're yeah. one and three. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They're yeah. one and three. Yes. I thought they were one and four. My so bad. So here's bad. what I think. Here's my prediction. Just to like... Go on. Put, put, you know, put it in stone. I think Vancouver is in at five. Houston Outlaws. Yes. I think they're in at six. I think Atlanta Rain will beat the LA Gladiators. That's my credit for the week. Which would mean that they are three and okay. three. Yep, that, that would be the win. Lono Spitfire will lose to Toronto Defiant. Lono Spitfire two and four won't make it at two at four because I think New York Excelsior will win both of their matches and end up in three and three, and so it will be Atlanta Rain seven, New York Excelsior eight, and I think New York Excelsior qualifies over the LA Gladiators and Lono Spitfire. That's my take. Even though they have a massive map deficit, because they would be I mean, three depends- and three, and both of those teams would be two and four. No, sure. No, it depends uh, how. Would be two and four. It depends how hard MYX that win their games. No, it yeah. Because they you think they're gonna do- Yeah, you think they're gonna. Do- well, well, yeah. If they win both their matches, they would be three and three because Glads have to win. Because Glads, Glads are have to one, win. They're one win. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Glads have to win, and then also Mayhem obviously have to win. And like, so you think oh, New York is going to math. beat Mayhem? I think New York is going to beat Mayhem and the Paris Eternal. And I think yeah, I think the Paris I Eternal. I, I can see. I take that bet. Yeah, I'm with I can see them beating Eternal. I don't know if I can see them beating Mayhem still. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see the Florida Mayhem. What strategy they opt for? Because they could just yeah. like, oh, let's continue the Farah Mercy shit because it was kind of fun. It worked. Or they'll be like, hey, we have a genuine chance to like make the Summer Showdown if we win two matches. What if we play Meta? I don't know what the right answer is. Well, also New York has to show up. Like, the Newark of the beginning of the stage was hyper Giga Pound. Like, Yaki was firing all cylinders. Their team was, like, an incredible tempo. The old, Like, the aggression was good. And then in their follow-up matches, it was disastrous. Like, it felt like a complete 180. Like, when we, like, when we watched them play, like, A, Yaki, sadly, my, my flex GPS hero, my, uh, fell off a cliff a tad. But also, on top of that, the entire team looked way, way worse. Like way, way worse. Like they're like they just none of them were getting picks. Their their aggression was weird as fuck. Their ults was bad. Were bad. Like it it was a complete shift from what they were at the beginning of the stage. So like, if New York shows up, I could see them winning both their matches. If New York does not show up, I don't see them. I don't know if they beat Mayhem. So, um, I don't know. I agree with you and Rain making it though. So I kind of just need one more. And I think, because, like, there's no way Mayhem beats. London still has a good chance if they get, like, one or two maps against Toronto. Yeah, they yeah, just they need to get, get two and four with good maps, I think. 
Yes, but if Mayhem wins both their matches and they get in over London, right? So oh, true. Yes. Yeah. So like, and Mayhem has the Mayhem in New York are probably have the easiest schedules to make it alongside because of the fact that they play. They both play Paris, and they, and they play both each play each other, which is crazy. Yeah. So it's it's most likely going to be Mayhem New York because like, I don't think Spitfire beats Defiant. They have to have like good, really good match wins. That leaves with two wins. Rain. I feel confident that they will beat Glads. Um, so that will take them three and three. So they'll pretty set. I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going rain mayhem. I think I'm going rain mayhem. Okay. Yeah. I think that's what I'm, I think I'm going with that. I don't think this is quite contrarian, but I will go glads. Fuck it, dude. You will go Glads. Um, so not only, not only do you think that the Glads will beat the Atlanta Reign. Yep. But how, how... Wait. Fuck, I'm lost. That'll take them... If they win both their matches, they'll go to three and four. They only play one game. Yeah, they only play one. So they'll... Oh, they'll no, you're right. They only play... Yeah, yeah. They only play yeah, the Atlanta Reign. They'd go two yeah. and four. So they'll yeah. go so they'd two have to and four. Or 3-1 Atlanta Reign. If they 3-0, they'll be on a zero map diff, right? Yeah. And then it literally relies on other teams. I, I think Glad's making it is like a fever dream. I think it's yeah. like it is, very, it is fucking very crazy. hard. Too it difficult. is crazy. But I... Yeah. Dude, listen to this. Fucking Redemption Arc. They won two fucking tournaments already. They're going to come in, swing their dicks, and then everybody is going to bow down to them and just take the L's because they need Glad's Jesus. to win, uh, win the next graphical. tournament. Midday. So there we, go. we solved it. We solved it. We've solved competitive awards. They couldn't have figured out who has the best chance of making it if it wasn't for our discussion right there and then. We so did true. a great job, lads. So true. So true. All right. Um, I mean, we've kind of done power rankings already. Have <laughs> Just we? in this segment. Well, kind of. I mean, we've kind of listed who we want. I, we can take my fever. Fever dream shit out of it though, um, with Glad's not making oh, let's, it. Let's do it quick, Joss. Let's just uh, quickly. I think be fine. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll do fucking power rankings. But I'm saying we've kind of discussed our points for various teams. Um, I do think um, in a non-fever dream state, uh, MYXL over over Mayhem for me personally. I still, I still, I've got that belief. I've still got that faith in the in the New York Excelsior frontline and their DPS. Do you want to do power rankings or uh, some pickems first? Power rankings first, then power rankings. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we need to move some speed because we're with this little, We're hitting a. I guess it's not a crazy long episode yet so far. It's been no, like two and a half it, hours. it's not crazy. No, I mean, we just got this we'll, power rankings and Bren's player of the week, and then we're good. Yeah. I, I'll I'll do. I'm doing some house cleaning here to uh, to to kick things off. So. Uh, I don't know. You can't. You guys can't see the stream, can you? I can look at your. I can look at your screen right now I, on the stream. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm watching right the stream. Now. Yeah, I'm watching right. the stream. That's so fine. you oh, guys wait, see the eastern region. With? I think we only have to figure out the middle tier, and I think we're good, right? Well, yeah. So Seoul at the top, Shanghai, and then yeah. I had charge. Both yeah, charge of you spark. had spark, right? I had spark above. I I can't remember if I ended up having spark above charge or not, but I had hunters above them both. So. Yeah, hunt. Yeah, hunters is definitely above them both. And then I, yeah, I said hunters charge. Oh, I went hunters charge. Spark, I think he, I did go hunters charge spark. Yeah, yeah, I did. 
So, Johnny, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm outvoted here, two to one. True, of course, true. I'd like Spark above true. the charge. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of flip-flopping. When I made that power ranking, I realized now I still feel like Spark can figure out their tank situation and win that match. So I'm willing to give you a flip-flop vote. <laughs> no. I need you. So are, are, we flipping a coin? are we flipping a coin for charge and spark? Let me get the coin. Yeah, Let's just flip the, the coin. coin. I'm like, willing to give you a flip-flop. I have the broadcast so. coin. There we go. I like the pillow situation that Jones has going. Korean yeah, one. I know. It's nice, right? You want to say in Korean, Upek one. Upek one. Korean one. Upek one. Oh, all pick one, one, sorry, not ooh, that's the other oh, way around. Oh, pick oh, one. Oh, pick one. Ready? Oh, pick one. Uh, heads, wait, what? Wait, what's, what's heads? Is charge heads? Heads, heads is going to be charge, tail spark. Heads, charge, tail spark. Heads, by the yeah. way, is a crane. It's, it's tails. It's heads. There we go. For spark, right? Yeah, for spark. Yeah. For all spark. right, yeah. spark about the charge. There we go. Thank yeah. you, coin flip. Thank you. I realized one. after I made my power ranking, when I did mine at the end of the day, I was like, I was thinking more about it. And I was like, yeah, Charger fucking, but I think, I feel like Spark had the talent this coin to bring them together. is older than some of our viewers and some of the players in the Overwatch League. I just want to point that out. Oh, that's crazy. Really? It has, it has, yeah, it has a lot of weight in terms of uh, history as a coin. There you go. 2002, that coin. Wow. Yeah. All right. Perfect. I'm, I'm lost when it comes to the Western region. How do you guys want to do this? Um, uh, I'll tell you what I put my number one. I'll, I'll, we can start with our top and our bottom. Here's the top. Sure. Shock. Here's shock, the bottom. Shock Fuel Toronto. Yeah, Shock Fuel Toronto All right. are my top. And then bottom, Eternal. And then we yeah. go from there. Okay. Let's do, uh, let's do after Toronto Define then. Because yeah. Justice are in, but it doesn't mean to say that they are um, just below. I would honestly put uh, Houston Outlaws. I would also put Outlaws in top four. I think Outlaws yeah. top four is like not a hot take at all currently. Okay. Yeah. Then it's um, either Vancouver or Justice. Not the rain? I think it goes Vancouver. Ooh. I think it will because you have to think about... So I think the thing about rain currently is oh, when I'm thinking about... Uh, when I was thinking about them, when I was doing mine, I believe, like I have to go back and think about my whole... My whole like thing here what i have i think it was like ah yes i had rain i had rain after um outlaws i i think rain are a better more well-rounded well-rounded team than titans uh their upper trajectory is really good and titans clearly are like they're good in this meta but i feel like the rain with vigilante and speedily and then like hawk continuing to improve on junker queen uh, i i feel confident about the rain so so do i I can definitely be talked into the rain, yeah. Okay. Great. I feel like that's an easy top five. Great. Well, this is so efficient. I don't, I don't know. We've never been this efficient with power rankings before. This is amazing. Um, this is weird. The yes. coin. That's why they have the, the coin. Costa was the problem. Just saying. Um, now, it gets controversial, I think, after this a little bit. It starts getting controversial. I would propose yes. Titans next. After rain? After rain. Yes. I... Um, I mm, I would say justice then Titans personally. I but think then, so. I want to propose. So I want to. So I had this very same dilemma, Jack, and okay. I wanted you to explain what your reasoning would be here because in their most recent match, in their most recent match, the Titans beat the Justice. 
They did. They did. Obviously, My... it's not one to one, right? It's not a one to one comparison by any means. Like no. it, the match, head to heads don't always determine your ranking by any means. But I felt like Justice, because even then they barely beat Spitfire too, right? And they're map five. When I don't think Spitfire have been looking amazing necessarily. My my shred of hope here, I guess, when you put it like that, I think is that Assassin and Decay, even when they go to like a LAN event, I think will will pow. I think they're going to have less nerves than um, the Vancouver Titans, and I think they'll perform mm-hmm. better here on, on a stage. In a, on a stage, fucking with the play, uh, with the, the enemy team right next to them. Okay, play, I'll uh, say this. I truly believe at LAN they'll perform better. Here, I'll say this. I'll say this to you, Dawson. Yes. Let's let's picture this match: Washington Justice against the Vancouver Titans in Toronto. Yes. Who yes. do you think the crowd supports? Who do you think the crowd is cheering for? The fucking Titans, obviously. Yeah, I think I think the environment is going to be way friendly crowd buff? to the Vancouver Titans. I think the crowd, crowd buff, buff is going to be real. Crowd buff also, I think Titans' crazy. current mental is like really good. I think the Titans' it is very their environment, yeah, their, their is environment seems really good currently. Yeah, they're vibing. I mean, yeah, sure, I can uh, back down. I, uh, yeah, fine, okay, yeah, I'm outnumbered here, but um, I still think Justice might go giga crazy on land, but uh, hyper mega cool is crazy. All for it. Be cool to see. Yeah, I think that's very close. All right. So, next two teams, I think, are Lono Spitfire and the LA Gladiators. I'm not sure in what order, but I feel like there's... Are they part of this tier? Well, the... I'd say yes. I'd say yes. My personal opinion, because think about, like, what the tier you'd put them below... If you put them a further tier below... Yeah, you just don't... You're saying yeah, they're yeah. competing with, like, New York mayhem and Mayhem, shit. you know? And that's, like, too low, I think, for them. Would you put London above Glads? So that's the juicy part as like if Glad's underrated because based off their actual match history, I would say Glad's can beat London. I would uh, say like, too. Based off the teams I think they've so too, played. Yeah. But also lo- Spitfire have been getting results still. You know, they still think been London results. was great this past week. The May is clearly not working. Teams have kind of figured it out. I think the Gladiators would just go into that matchup and be like, okay, this is how we beat London. Job done. I think Glad's would lay them down. Yeah, lay them down. Yeah, and yeah. also, and also, just another thing for why reason I, th- I like I'm willing to see the Glads over Spitfire here, so I'm fine to go with that. I just, I also feel like it's still just hard to judge like what Glad's trajectory is currently because they played Paris for the latest match. But like, sure, yeah, you know, sure. I, I'm is, willing to put Glads tough. above Spitfire, but I didn't personally have it that way. But I'm willing to have. Glads uh, above I Spitfire. would give Glads way more benefit of the doubt. I would put Glads. Yeah, with, yeah Glads, Glads, Spitfire, and then the. Bottom teams, Boston, New York, Mayhem, Eternal. But I think UConn will probably go Boston, Mayhem, Excelsior, Eternal. I don't know. I, I, think, I, went, I think I had Mayhem, New York, Excelsior. Or no, Mayhem, New York, Eternal, I think were my other What about three Boston? Had. Where's Boston? Oh, Boston. And then Boston, uh, I had Boston like... Man, what was my what was my reasoning here? I'm trying to remember my old reasoning why because I went through all this, so I'm like, there's no way I had to remember. Oh yeah, I had Boston under New York and Mayhem. Did you actually? Wow, <laughs> wow. I think yeah. that's a bit of a hot take. I personally would have Boston, New York, Florida, Paris. 
just it depends on how much like credence you give to Florida Mayhem pulling out fucking Farah Mercy against <laughs> Dallas Fuel and like making it a fun match or like yeah. the double flex support on Hollywood, you know? I actually like the double flex support on Hollywood. I quite like that. Yeah, that was but a fun come count. on now. Like, I know, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But that, that's so what I would put it. Austin, I, New York. What do you think, Johnny? Where, where the fuck were you at? So I'll actually entertain for a mayhem. I'll actually put them, I, in my opinion, I put them really? at the top of this okay. tier. Because I think it's fucking funny. And I think Boston Uprights and New York Excelsior, not really the most polished teams. I don't think they would like right. go into that matchup and be like, oh, this is how we shut down the Sanyada on our composition. It's like, no, do I trust them to like tactically execute? Um, how to take down an inferior composition like that? No, I think I think actually so, think if Mayhem commit to the Gunbug crack pipe or whatever, I actually think that like they would throw some of these teams off guard. So your analysis is loud is funny. Loud is funny, um, and also uh, I go against my previous pred that New York would be, win both matches. Um, so I've, I've done a loud is funny plus um, okay. you know arguing against myself, like okay. you know so. That's 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 very cool of me, but um, I want to believe in New York. I, I want to, but I will. I continue to believe in New York. I I do. I very I very much uh, believe. Do I? In reality, are they going to make it? Uh, probably not. But I still want to believe. I don't. I'm. I will. Uh, Boston. Boston still. I think goes above uh, mayhem. Maybe the crack pipe stuff will end up working out. Boston goes against or... mayhem. Mayhem. Did you say that too, Avast? That what, Boston goes above Mayhem? Yeah. No, I no, had Mayhem okay. New York no, Boston. He had below... I had New Mayhem York. New York Boston. All right. Yeah. I think it's fine as is. I think Mayhem, Florida, Boston, New York is a fair... Bracket. I think that's the middle ground. I, yeah. I'm happy, kind of, ha kind of happy to concede with that. Yeah. Okay. I think... Okay, so here's the thing about New York. <laughs> yes. Did... They get flattened at the rest of their stage, but think of who they've lost to. So they, they lost, beat Outlaws. Yeah. Really good. They teams. lost to Fuel. They lost to Titans, and they lost to Shock. So two of those teams are looking like the two best teams in North America. And they took a map off Fuel, still, by the way, and had some close and some close moments during that. And then, yeah, Titans, like it wasn't looking too hot, but it was still close-ish, though it was a three-zero. Yeah, okay. And, How and Shock they got flat. above them. Uh, here's my reasoning for that. Uh, my reasoning for that is, uh, Silly Champ, uh, and also, uh, I don't I'm trust New York. Not, no, no, I also don't trust New York. After what started out really well, I don't trust New York to, I trust them enough to be decent, to, like, have some good moments, but I don't trust them enough to not shit the bed. While Mayhem, I think they have enough structure where, like, they could, they, they could do something dumb and, like, they might not look amazing, but at least they'll be consistent. In like their role, their niche. Uh, yeah, okay, you know? so the silly champ argument. I like. I mean, yes. Heads is New York. New York tails, heads. Okay. Yeah, New York heads. New York Go heads. Ahead. New York heads. Tails, Florida. Right. Yeah. Yes. Why do you reflip heads. it? Why do you reflip it? Because I saw the fucking result on the first oh, okay, one. Well, I'll well, reflip yeah. it again if you really want. New York heads, tails, Florida. Tails is the five hundred. Five hundred. That's tails. You, but you lifted the coin, showing the bottom. No, I. Mm. 
I'll do it again, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, you're the top of the coin you're showing to okay. the camera. I did. The I fucking did. I did that. I no, did no, no, that. No, no, show, show it. Show it to us. Show it to us. Oh, it's 500 again. Oh, it's 500 again. It's tails, bro. It's fucking tails. It's mayhem. It's mayhem. It's mayhem. Jesus Christ. The coin is never on. I fucking tried. Florida mayhem. The coin is on your side. chance are not with you. All right. That's it. I think. Uh... Yeah, let's uh, let let's do this. We, we we're not doing predictions, but let's do let's let's do this. Let's just uh, quickly run okay. through um some of the matches. I'll just I'll just we'll do it like five fast questions, you know, like that kind of fun, funny segment thingy. I'll just run through some matches quickly, and you guys just say which team you think is going to win. Okay. Atlanta Rain against the LA Gladiators. Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Rain. So we're all going with Rain against the LA Gladiators. Yeah. All right. Uh, San Francisco Shock against the Dallas Fuel. Shock. 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 All right. We're all going San Francisco Shock against the Dallas Fuel. Hangzhou Spark against the Guangzhou Charge. Spark. Okay. So Joss is going with Guangzhou. Me and Avast are going with Hangzhou Spark. Got it. Uh, see. What's next? Um, da -da -da. Washington Justice against the Houston Outlaws. Outlaws. Probably Outlaws, yeah. All right. All going with the Houston Outlaws against Washington Justice. Philadelphia Fusion against the Hangzhou Spark. Ah! Uh, <laughs> Spark. 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 Uh, Seoul Dynasty against the Shanghai Dragons. Dynasty. Seoul Dynasty, yeah. Okay, we're all going Seoul against the Shanghai Dragons. I don't know. Lee Jae gone and who are you? They've been looking sick. That's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be. A, we got some great matchups this week. Amazing matchups. Last yeah. one. Florida Mayhem against the New York Excelsior. <laughs> Mayhem. New York, baby. <laughs> New York. Why didn't we rank New York higher? I am going with New York too. Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs> well, there you have it. Uh, what what a fucking scuffed episode of Plat Chat. But hopefully, people are able to enjoy it. I don't. I don't think people like require the visual elements to enjoy an episode of Plat Chat. I mean, we're 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 good. We're a good group of guys here. We're just having a good time. I hope people appreciate that. Just three friendly yeah. friends. Th three friendly friends. Yeah. Three friendly friends. Three big, big guys. pillows waiting to be hugged. And power rankings ready to be uh, ranked. ranked. They, were, they were good ranked. power rankings. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, pretty decent. But yeah, thank you for dealing with my bullshit, uh, gentlemen. I promise next week I'll have it set up. And we'll have a fourth guest next week. So it'll actually be a proper show, I promise. Uh, who needs cuss anyways? Yeah, what oh, a yeah. buster. Yeah. Custer the buster. Part of that guy. If Custer well, wasn't here, have... the power rankings would have taken another half an hour, to be fair. That's true. Custer would have had some more objections here, so I'm glad that we were able to bulldoze. Actually, you know, we forgot Brent's Player of the Week. Oh, oh Brent's Player of the true. Week. True. Who is Brent's Player of the Week? Uh, who, who, do we, who do we go for Brent's Player of the Week? I think, I think it goes to Violet, or, or not Violet, <laughs> uh, rather Twilight. Oh, I think it was the Twilight for being an absolute Chad at the true adamantium backline in this, him and Shorong, and then fucking make sure to get out of there in time with his hair appointment. That's <laughs> yeah, Chad that's a good fuck. one. That's I'm Chad down. is fucking Twilight. So, All right. I think it should be Twilight. Out on appointment. Twilight. Brent's player of the week. Twilight is Brent's player of the week. Confirmed. It's official. Put it down in the Excel document. There it is. Done. All right. Thank you, guys. Joe, send us out. This is an outro. Um, is, uh, do you do outros? You guys don't fucking do we outros. Do, yes, we do. Hey, yeah, we've always make sure outros. you uh, click the video in the sidebar. I don't know which way I'm pointing <laughs> down over here, maybe. There's a sidebar. Click more videos. It's been great. Love you all.